Hello, Vicky here at the Weird Science Studios, and I must warn you that Jim and Eric are going to spoil all of this week's books, so if you haven't read them yet, listen at your own risk. Also, don't be too hard on the guys, they grew up with little to no supervision, and are socially inept. Enjoy. Theorizing that one could stop Brother Eye by time traveling, Batman Beyond stepped into the quantum leap accelerator. <laughs> woke to find himself trapped in the future facing villains that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better his only guide on this journey is al an artificial intelligence who appears in the form of a hologram that only batman beyond can see and hear and so batman beyond finds himself leaping from life to life striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Installment of Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, Weird Out Loud. This is episode 22, which is nothing really special, so we'll just go with 22. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. All right. Hi, Eric. Hello, Jim. I just want to tell everybody this is the podcast for June 6th, 2015, and it is episode 22, you say? Yeah. <laughs> Not much goes with 22. No, it's all downhill from there. Uh, but you know what? We're going to speed things up this week. Uh, last week we had a very, very, very long podcast, and we also had a lot of Convergence crap, and now it's over. Our convergence is over. It's finally over. What, what song would that be? It's finally over. <laughs> it's not even a song. Ay, I'm ay, making ay. a song. But That'd yeah, tonight we're, we're going to change things around. We're going to do every book. Every, book. Every single book we're going to give some sort of talk about. Might not do full out, you know, 10 minutes of each, but we're going to talk about every book, and we're also going to get right to it, Eric, with listener mail. I love listener mail. Listener mail. Here we go. The first one is by Frostbite883, who on – he's a guy on Tumblr. Do you recognize that name? No, I do not. Well, you will. Frostbite883, anybody there who's been listening to the podcast for a while – he was a guy who way back sent us that really long thing about Marvel uh, and yeah. how the I don't, I don't do you remember what that mail was about? Absolutely Something not. About the universe changing and, and my brain went sideways and, halfway uh, through. Yeah, it was really tough. But Frostbite eight eight three asked us between Darkseid and Anti Monitor, which big bad villain would the pre Flashpoint Joker be most fearful of? Or better yet, which one would he join forces with to take down the Bat family and help spread chaos and destruction? Eric, I'm going to leave that to you. That is all you. The answer is the anti-monitor. The anti-monitor. Yes. The anti-monitor. The dark dark side, is he loves control, especially his own control over things. He's not about to have a wild card like Joker in his ranks. A wild card? 
Wild card, bitches. I'm just all night. I'm just going to repeat you. This is a terrible podcast. Wild card. I think some people already think it is. <laughs> uh, keep going. Anti-monitor. Yeah, the anti-monitor. What do you that's want from your, me? That's your answer. That's. I it. want to know why Flashpoint. it's going to be. Why it has to be the pre-flashpoint Joker? I don't know. That I, that got me too. I don't know what his deal is with that. I I don't know. I we don't hear from this guy for like months at a time, and when he does, he comes up with doozies. Doozy. This one's a little better. The other one uh, ended up while I was reading it. If I remember, it was like half statement, half question, and half uh, just craziness. <laughs> I think I even said that he was uh, one of those guys that has pictures in his room with yarn and <laughs> all that. Conspiracy crap. theorist. Uh, no, no, I meant like he had like a rape room or something of all these people he was going to kill. Or... Yeah. Whoa, whoa! How, how? Wait, kill? How did we get from rape room to kill? I'm saying it's both. He's not going to leave you alive afterwards, Eric. He's going to get rid of the evidence. Oh shit! That's what they do. I asked the guy Jimmy at work. That's what he said. He decided <laughs> this week. Uh, if you listened to last week, he's decided to go up full out rapist. He is not a uh, terrorist. <laughs> uh, the next mail. We're moving along, Eric. Custom J says, "Oh, I'll, I'll warn uh, Dan. Dan, if you're listening, turn off the podcast because these are uh, two straight emails that are going to have a little something to say about Dan, who is our geek news guy, right? Yes, yes, he is. Custom J says the geek news guy sounds like he's an 11 year old who just learned he can curse when the adults aren't around. <laughs> so annoying, he says. Uh, yeah, Dan seems to be upping the uh, f bomb ante." Uh, even if at one point you were laughing and you were toying uh, about uh, having a non-explicit, a clean Oh, podcast. doing a clean episode, yeah. Clean episode. You were going to do the uh, Bill Cosby, uh, the, though you can't say no, Bill no, Cosby No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bill Cosby uh, episode, that means that you would drug me and I'd wake up two days later, just like Vicky did a couple weeks ago with you. So maybe you're the Bill Cosby of the podcasting uh, uh, universe. But, Robots don't yeah, have souls. Uh, Dan... He loves that F-bomb, and I'll admit, uh, it is kind of funny when you hear him say it because it does sound like somebody who uh, hasn't used the word a lot. At all. No, no. Now, the next one is from Long Live Long, and he says, can someone give Dan a glass of water or something? (laughs) Every geek news segment includes at least one coughing fit, and the way he smacks his lips makes me want to puke. Ah, yes, Dan Dan has some allergy issues. (laughs) Usually allergies is that what that that is? sneeze. That's I think he says that a couple times. Uh, sometimes he'll clear his throat a, a bit, and it, it is a little off. It, it kind of gets you. Uh, again, Gross. you can blame me. I don't edit it enough. Maybe I should edit that part out and get rid of Dan's coughing fits. But you know what? I like the mail. Eric, anything that's sent to us, we will play in its entirety. Yes. Uh, which um, I talked to Ryan uh, tonight and mentioned to him that there would be a email tonight that is a uh, fan mail for Ryan. And then he said, uh, something like that would go well with the, you know, the hate that everybody gives to you guys. And Jerk. I said, that, I, well, I said, that's true. And he <laughs> said, well, that's what you get for inviting any bit of email. Yeah. Uh, well, here we go. Here's the thing. Other side fan. He actually has a fan who goes by the moniker other side fan. Nice. And this is just directed to him. Well, they get to us later. But, hey, Ryan, love hearing your non-DC stuff on the podcast. Have you read Why the Last Man? I checked out Gem and the Holograms after hearing your segment. I really am enjoying it. Have you read the other issues? It's so funny. He's asking mm-hmm. Dan, Dan can't answer. Uh, Ryan. Ryan can't answer. He's not here. For Jim and Eric, can you get me a job at the Cardboard Box Factory so we can talk comics all week? 
Ken York, you, you have pull at the cardboard box factory. Yeah, I'm in the inner circle now. I can, yes, I can pull you some are shit. The inner circle. I don't know. Uh, do, do we talk comics all week? For the most part, yeah. yeah and, you know, 80s movies. Yeah, 80s movies and comics. And TV shows. Yeah, that's a fun time at the, at the cardboard box factory that also has glass. And like I said, it keeps morphing each time we talk about it. But as you heard last week, it also has awful people. It's full of jerk-offs. Now, we have our next mail, which is for uh, from Reggie. Call me Reggie the Reckless. That's right. Reggie the Reckless. We're calling him from now on, Eric. <laughs> Reggie the Reckless. Reggie yeah, right. says, as always, it's two parts. It says, Dear Jim. I don't think the writing on the Weird Science DC Comics blog will be winning the Pulitzer Prize in any category too soon. The Pulitzer Prize, perhaps. It's fucking like Pulitzer Prize. Prize. It sounds like the Galunatics from the freaking EC uh, comics, you know like Tales sound, from the Crypt. You know what it sounds like to me? Something I want to win. I want the Pulitzer Prize, Eric. I want the Crypt Keeper to give it to you. That would be good. He'd have all those one-liners and stuff. Uh, you were a big fan of the Crypt Keeper, huh? Huge fan. Yeah. I, I, does it, does it um, surprise you that he scared me? No, everything scares you. He scared me, but it was more because I was a little older. I was going to say, you were in your 20s when you that came out. You know what scared out. me? It, it just, the puppet itself looked dirty. Like it would really stink. Like the guy's got his hand in it and, and it would stink. Did he ever make any jokes like the, you know, hey, you put your hand up there, you might as well kiss me or anything like that. I don't recall it now. That's like the go-to, you know. Well, I'm saying it wasn't like a bad ventriloquist. I'm saying it wasn't a bad ventriloquist, dummy. It just looked like, to me, the, the puppet itself looked like it would fall apart like and it had meat and stuff on it. or I don't know. It just disgusts me. What is wrong with your goddamn imagination? I don't know. It just everything scares or disgusts me. Okay, uh, Reggie goes on. Often when people say he writes like he talks, this is a positive commentary in the author's casual narrative, which I think that's, that's what we do, but Reggie disagrees. Oh. Your blog's crazy. It's akin to saying... He writes like an eighth-grade resource room flunky. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's other people that might be writing on the, the site. <laughs> the comic book insights shared by yourself, Eric, and others are acute and resonant, but you'll find better writing on the walls of a gas station men's room, which, coincidentally, is where you will often find Eric as well. Hello. That is true, but I, I'll take that as a full compliment. That's about as much as a compliment Reggie's going to give us, that he said we have uh, acute and resonant uh, opinions. And insights. You're right, Reggie. We do. I want my <laughs> I want my Pulitzer Prize. You went on to mention another classic bit of American pop culture last week. This actually makes me laugh. He says I went on to, to mention Parker Lewis can't lose. I, I mention it because he did. This <laughs> well, I think he forgot. He was the one who said the uh, the leftover moose from Parker Lewis can't lose. But yeah, uh, he said I actually watched the first two of three seasons with my wife earlier this year. Now I have to say that in the first season especially, it was a pretty wild show. It seemed to take directorial, uh, directorial cues from Japanese anime, and many of the situations and reactions are still funny today. I actually think it's a good show. I oh, did not like it. Which is more than we can say from, for Small Wonder, which was never funny, so much as it was surreal and creepy. You know yes. that on the title track from KMD's Black Bastards. You know that. Black Bastards. Seven no. of X actually references a real incident involving Corin Nemec, who played Parker Lewis on the show. I love Corin uh, Nemec. And I, I, he... Gives us the things, and I was going to ask you for a beat, and I'd give you my, um, I'd rap as um, Mae West, but instead oh, I'll just write. No. It says it was Ed Love's Ed Lover's birthday party, a block from the spot. On stage, I hear some offbeat lick shot, lick shot. Well, goddamn, guess who? Looking bitchy as hell. It's Parker Lewis. Well, well, it br I brings the L, and uh, he says Zeb Love is pretty much describing the incident. Corin Nemec uh, rapped at Ed Lover's birthday. 
party, and later in the song, Ed Lover snubs Zeb Lovex. And yes, that is Ed Lover from Yo! MTV Raps fame, which me and you both love. I love Ed Lover. I'll talk to you later, but I was listening to Sirius Radio. Ed Lover has a show on, uh, I think it's uh, Backspin, the channel in Sirius. And it, it, he sounds exactly the same, <laughs> pro- probably dancing in that studio. Apparently, That's what I like to imagine. It came back from like a break, and it, it, they played the Lover Dance. Apparently, Nemec fancied himself a bit of a rapper back in the day, and there's a recording out there of him displaying his skill. Anyone listening to this podcast that has a copy of said recording, please contact Reggie. And uh, I'd like to say you send it to... Call me Reggie the Reckless. That's right, Eric. Reggie the Reckless. I'm getting the, like the morning zoo. We've got like things going and uh, boo da boom, boom, boom. We're gonna have the uh, fart song of the day and play on my own damn couch later. Absolutely not. Do you remember Corey Nemec from uh, the the Stand miniseries? No, I, I said I only know Corey Nemec from uh, uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. You didn't watch him in uh, Stargate SGI? No, I didn't watch SG One. SGI. I didn't watch that. I, I'm not you. What about the Stand? You didn't the watch the Stand when that came no, out? No, it was huge. It was uh. Was Rob Lowe in that? Yes. Yeah, I didn't see it. I have no <laughs> interest. I, I didn't see it. I didn't see The Stand. I didn't see uh, freaking Tom Gordon must lose. I, I don't know. I actually just read today <laughs> that Showtime's redoing The Stand. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Stand. Amazing. The Stand. All right. He says, last week's podcast was a real affirmation that life and all people in it suck, and I thank you for it. Love, Reggie. All right. uh, Reggie was pretty good on me. Usually he's real mean to me on the things, but I want my Pukelitzer Prize, Eric. I, yeah, I right. think uh, if everybody's read the, the blog, they'll know I deserve it. Oh, of course. We'll talk about nonsense and your headbands. That's, you know, <laughs> half of my reviews is that nonsense. All right, it gets on to you. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. Oh, yeah. How's uh, Melissa Joan Hart treating you, Eric? This is right. me, not Reggie. I just want to know. know. Uh, how's, how's she treating you? Same as always, baby. We're uh, close. I know that since you were close, you went and watched some Melissa and Joey. This yeah, I watched the pilot episode yesterday. Oh, the pilot, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Melissa It was and terrible. Joey. Uh, I watched it a little bit with my wife, and it was very um, non-threatening. I, it, it was pretty much down the middle for me. It, it didn't offend me. It uh, didn't make me want to watch more. It was just on. I a watched lot of shows the, like that. I watched the pilot. I'm like, okay, never have to watch this yes, again. It is weird seeing Joey Lawrence without hair. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Whoa. Whoa. Joey Lawrence. All right. Everybody's Joey Lawrence. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart, I went easy on you last week because I was glad that you finally got a microphone and my eardrums could stop throbbing every time I listened to the podcast. And seeing how you got shipped from your ex-girlfriend at work last week, I'm going to go easy on you this week, too. When? It's bad enough that you have to work in close proximity to Jim. Yeah. And your personal business has to be aired out in front of your coworkers by someone against whom you could not retaliate. Do you get hazard paperwork with Jim? Or is this a situation like Shutter Island where you and your coworkers pretend to work at the cardboard box factory to keep Jim from having a psychotic break? I don't know. I probably still would have one anyway because I can't imagine two grown men less employable for anything about <laughs> circus sanitation in this economy. Now, he sent this well, – I'm going to ask you. If me and you decide to get a job as circus sanitation, would that upset you at any bit? I don't think no. it would upset me. I no. think I'd be, <laughs> we'd be carnies, circuses. I don't know what you call the guys. Oh, he's got a sick. job to do. I'm good. Yeah, they, they Get to travel around, see the country. Scoop up. Meet, meet interesting crack. people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, I, the fresh shows. I used to muck out stalls as a kid. Elephants can't be that much worse. Mm-hmm. Speaking of freak shows, um, I'm going to do a little aside here. Tell the 
a guy at work gave us a story this week, and I want to pose a question with this story. Um, I'll, I'll make it very quick. Guy at work's grandson was at, went to a concert oh, Jesus this, a couple weeks ago. Went to a concert with a, a young lady. This guy is what twenty three around there, something like that. Yeah. Went to a concert and saw a ex girlfriend, as in looked appears like last week like the week before ex-girlfriend yeah. they had just broken up or they were just kind think, of casually I guess, dating i don't think they knew that they were broken up okay well was... maybe they would they it was he knew they were broken up or he was just there on the side stepping out as they said in that uh serial <laughs> podcast that stepping they, out. Oh, you were stepping out um and the girl saw him and walked up to him and kicked him in the balls now, you just had a run-in with an ex-girlfriend. She made fun of your mom at the trailer park. Yep. Did, didn't kick you in the balls, though, right? Uh, that would be a fucked-up thing to yeah, do. Well, well, talk shit about me, then thing kicks I, me in the balls. Well, gee, that's true. Well, this girl kicked this guy in the balls, and his balls hurt, right? They started Obviously. hurting. Maybe they swelled a little. He went to the doctor. They took him to the hospital. Lickety-split, bangity-boom. He has no balls left, Eric. They took his balls off. Oh, I know. He got his balls amputated. Now, uh, I wasn't in work. Uh, I wasn't there on Wednesday when you were told this story. I was told on Thursday. Yeah. And I said exactly the first I, I thing. I made sure you were told yeah, on Thursday. And the first thing I said, is he suing? That's the first thing I <laughs> and said. that's what you said. Uh, that's the first thing I said. And I'm telling you, I'm against frivolous lawsuits. Not having well. balls at 23. Not a frivolous lawsuit. And, in fact, I always assume that when somebody lost their balls, uh, you'd get, like, a prosthetic ball. Maybe they'd give you, like, some uh, nylon balls or I don't know. I always uh, wanted those metal ones to clink together when you walk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like the, the stress ball. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like they have in an office. Uh-huh. Boom, boom. You have, like, seven of them down there. All uh, right, now you're getting crazy. Now, also, this guy now for the rest of his life, once a week he has to take a testosterone shot, right? Or yep. he'll start growing boobs. Yep, and uh, his he can't have kids, which again his grandfather. I think it's, it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars a week for the yeah, shot, yeah. some shit like that. Yep. And his grandpa, he was going to get a vasectomy anyway. That's the same thing. Where no, no, not no, sir. This guy doesn't understand. Uh, but he just kind of seems like well. First up, at the grandfather that we work with thinks it's the funniest thing ever, laughing it up. Oh. Um, I still think he should call Rand Spear right now and uh, get it on. And then that what brought the, this to mind. Uh, was that my balls were itching right now? Actually, it was that I said about the freak show, and his, his grandfather, he should go and join the circus and be the freak show. See the man with no balls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then they go in, and it's me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back. <laughs> Just a crazy story. Uh, once again, you and I are in agreement where it comes to the DC multiverse. The results of Convergence are nearly nothing because, as far as I'm concerned, there was always been a multiverse out there. But DC just focused on three specific Earths for the duration of the New 52. During the beginning of Batman Superman, we learned from Kaizo. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? Kaizo? I always thought it was Kaio. Kai, but it, there is a Z. I always thought it was Kaizo. Yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That dark side has been traveling through the multiverse, killing various incarnations of Superman, which was awesome when you first saw that. Yeah. And the whole conceit of Forever Evil that the Anti-Monitor is going around eating up various Earths implies a larger multiverse. Indeed, nothing DC has done has ever thwarted the multiverse concept. Crisis on Infinite Earth was supposed to collapse everything to one Earth, but then someone wanted to write about the Legion of Superheroes, and they have to create a pocket universe that can contain the team's inspiration, Superboy. 
Zero Hour tried to fix this, by, but ended up fixing nothing since there was still had to be other universes in order to explain some legacy heroes carried over from other continuities. I think that undoing the first crisis on inconvergence might have been DC's way of saying, quote, we should never have bothered fixing our never bothered trying to fix this crap with which I would agree the multiverse is kind of a crazy concept as long as people are going to write stories about characters meeting up with their what might have been doppelgangers and they will for certain then it's going to stay part of the comic books DC Marvel who seems to be collapsing their smaller multiverse right now at Secret Wars would do well to recognize this Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it, this whole convergence, I was even going to suggest to you that we have like a really, you know, a, a detailed bit about what we really thought about it and some things. I, I don't really have any thoughts about it. I think it, well, it, nothing changed. It's people going to write stories. And you see this week when we talk about books, there's going to be a couple that I mentioned in particular that, hey, if this is what the this whole story over continuity means, I'm all for it. I, I don't really, I'm not mad about it. I know some people are, are furious uh, I just think that it's, as you like to make fun of me, it's what it is, Eric. What it is. Man, you it, remember it back in, do you remember back in 98 when Marvel did the Onslaught saga? 98? Yeah. I, the I can't remember friggin' eight days ago. The okay. Onslaught series. I'll go with it. Yes, Eric, I remember that. Well, the majority of Marvel's characters were killed when they destroyed Onslaught. But then they, you found out they were put in a pocket universe where they recreated the characters for a modern age, like the Fantastic Four, uh, yeah. Captain America, and so on. Mm-hmm. But then they eventually brought them back. Oh, this shit, this reborn shit's not really working, so we're going to bring them back to normal continuity. Yeah, I, well, and in the news, I know you. we all know Secret Wars is going on over at Marvel, uh, even though we are a DC-only podcast and site. But they also announced this week that there's going to be like a full reboot, almost like a new 52 reboot. I think it's coming in September, where... The books that come back are all going to start at one. They're they're not going to you know they're going to do all that to get people to jump on. So it's it's, it's all over the place. It, it keeps happening. I said this is weird. This Secret Wars and Convergence thing is is like a Bugs Life ants situation yeah. or all of those things. These things seem to uh, go in like phases where all of a sudden there's nothing, no movies about Mars, and then three Mission came to out. Mars, yeah. Ghost to Mars. Yeah, all of a sudden they came out, and it it just happens all the time, and it's. I don't know. It's Hopefully it's not like that because those, both those movies were shit. Yeah, they were terrible. Reggie ends, keep up the nice work and let me know when you want to record the co-commentary track for the 1980s heavy metal satanic panic horror movie, The Gate. Don't tell me you didn't Gate. try to summon a demon using a Black Sabbath record as a kid. Love, Reggie. Thing is, I didn't have a Black Sabbath record. I had a Black Sabbath cassette, and it didn't really work. You know, you put the pencil in, you try yeah. to spit it backwards. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a little bit younger than me and Reggie. Me and Reggie are all fuddy-duddies. I'm saying my first stereo had a turntable and an eight-track player. Did you have two turntables and a microphone, Eric? No, I only you had got a one. microphone now. Yes, finally. Yeah, that's Reggie's email. Uh, the next one is from Darren, or as I like to say, and I sometimes he gets mad at me, D-Ron. Cause D-Ron! That is, that is the best name ever. But yeah. Darren says, Jim and Eric, you mentioned two episodes ago that you should try and sound like uh, those other safe podcasters out there. I personally don't mind your self-loathing, self-deprecating humor. It is what separates you from all the rest, Eric. Your approach to the show feels more human. Don't worry about the critics. As far as I'm concerned, they can all eat a bag of donkey dicks. By the way, Kung Fury is a masterpiece in cinematic film. I know, right? Yeah. I I thought you meant that we don't have to worry about the critics. No, man, Kung Fury. Would these be the critics that hand out the Pukelitzer Prizes? Because I want to I pander to those critics because I want a Pukelitzer Prize. 
<laughs> but no, Kung Fury was great. We were, we were talking about it again this week. And I was trying to make a bit, uh, trying to get a bit together for the beginning of the podcast, and it wasn't working out. But one of the things was you saying the, uh, what I love is Hitler. and I, kept, I love Hitler. Uh, I kept laughing about it. But you did love that guy. You oh, loved that Hitler great. guy, didn't you? Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, yes, and in uh, that's it for Listener Mail, Eric. If you out there, not you, Eric, because you could send me mail anytime, buddy. But if, I do. if you listeners want to send mail, send it to weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and we will read everything, like uh, Ryan told me. Don't read everything, but he's, I think he's trying to tell <laughs> me don't read the, the hate. We're getting less hate, though. It's more, uh, well, Dan got some hate this, this week. Unfortunately, Dan, just get, get off the bridge again. Get there. He got an Apple Watch this week. Uh, I don't even understand why you'd want an Apple Watch, really. Neither do I. I don't know. I, we kind of skimmed through his, his news. Um, the, the one thing, you know what the news lacked? Uh, DC stuff. <laughs> he's got news. He's got a lot of, he's got Godzilla. He's got Legos. He's talking a little Daredevil. Uh, not not much more. Uh, he he actually talks that there isn't Suicide Squad news because man, he he does not like that Suicide Squad news, and he's probably about to drop like twenty f bombs on you guys. Um, did you listen to Dan's news last week? Yeah. Did you? Uh, what did he talk about last week? I don't even remember. Dude, come on! You had me listen to the podcast <laughs> now, and I still I'm can't remember anything that happened. Gonna, I'm gonna start that game of uh, name what happened last week. Um, what what? May West impersonation did I do in what movie? Name a movie that I did a May West impersonation uh, like she was doing the movie. Star Wars. You are correct. Actually, it was Empire, but... Yeah, it was Empire. I wanted to... No, <laughs> go, no, go, no, no, we're good. Go to the Dagobah system, big boy. There you why's, go. Why's it always got to be big boy? I don't know. That's, it always does. That is, that's what separates the Mae West. Or I could just go, hey, Mae West here. That's my favorite impersonations is when you name the person that I'm constantly. <laughs> but uh, that big boy is what designates that as Mae West, Eric. Ah, yes. This podcast is rolling. It's rolling, Eric, because you know what now, uh, what time it is? Dan's Geek News? It's Dan's Geek News. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here, coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Surprisingly, this week, there was no Suicide Squad news that came out that caught my attention. It is possible that I missed the Suicide Squad news for the week, but that's okay, because I can go a week without talking about the Suicide Squad. It's not going to kill me. Now, allow me to just say the following. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Joker, 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 fuck, 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 Joker, Joker, fuck, Harley Quinn, yay, Suicide Squad. Okay, I'm done. Uh, so anyway, it kills me to do this, uh, but this week I have to start on a down note. Uh, it's down note, it's been a rough year for Star Trek fans. Uh, Leonard Nimoy recently passed away. Now Nichelle Nichols is in the news. Unfortunately, Nichelle has suffered a stroke. Fortunately, she's not dead. She's not joining Spock yet. Uh, but it's always sad when a talented actor or actress suffers a setback like this, um, you know, I did see an update today on the Star Trek page. Uh, she is doing better. She's had a couple of tests. Uh, she is making a turn for the better. That's good. Uh, George Takei is still kicking. Shatner is still kicking. Nichelle, uh, Nichelle Nichols will live on. Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> 
SoundHound is working on a new virtual assistant called Hound, which is smarter than Siri. It puts Google Now to shame. It puts Cortana to shame. I, I saw a demo video. If you just type in a SoundHound Hound demo, you can actually see what this thing is capable of. This, this thing is beautiful. You ask it a query, it'll ask you queries back. Not Siri. For example, in the video. The guy doing the demo asks uh, roughly what the mortgage payment every month on a million-dollar house would be. Hound responds by asking how long is the mortgage and what is the APR. I ask Siri the same question, and she goes, hmm, let me run a web search for you. So th this could be interesting to see. I think we're going to get to a point where Apple's probably going to have to let you pick which virtual assistant you want to have as the one that you use. That's just my thought. Dentsu Entertainment USA is teaming up with Man of Action to produce a new 26-episode season of a Mega Man cartoon expected to debut in 2017 in honor of the 30th anniversary. There's not a lot of details about this yet, but I'm always down for a new Mega Man cartoon. Likewise, Big, Big Trouble in Little China is being remade, and the remake is allegedly going to be starring The Rock. Um, I think they have a director picked for the project, but I didn't see a name listed. Um, I've never seen the original Big Trouble in Little China, so this doesn't necessarily uh, ruin me. Uh, but I think it would be cool to see The Rock do that. Rock remakes are generally pretty fun. I am a Lego fan, and I am a Big Bang Theory fan. And it has been announced officially that later this year, for 60 bucks, Lego is releasing a Big Bang Theory set. It's going to come with seven minifigures. It's going to come with Sheldon, Leonard, Howard, and Raj. Raj comes with his dog, as well as Penny, Amy, and Bernadette. I've seen the set. It looks cool. It's going to my collection. And really, it's 60 bucks. That's a bargain. The Simpsons house was 200 uh, I think the new Quickie Mart set is 200 So it's nice to see a set based on a TV show that I enjoy that is being released somewhat cheap. Pretty cool. And finally, last but not least, this starts out as a gag story, but then it becomes a bit of an uh, adventure for me in learning. I, I gained so much knowledge from this. Godzilla is now a Japanese citizen as well as their tourism ambassador. Uh, that, that's right. Japan announced Godzilla is now a citizen. They made him the uh, tourism ambassador. I believe it was for the uh, Shin, Shinjoku, Shinjoku. I, 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 I forgot to write it down. But uh, for a certain district, he is now the tourism ambassador. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is the reason for this whole story and why there's so much focus on Godzilla and Toho Entertainment. Uh, basically, they're working on a new Godzilla film. We're not going to see Godzilla 2 here in the United States until 2017 or 2018, which would be the follow-up to Gareth Edwards' Godzilla that came out last year. Uh, that, it was fantastic. Beat the Roland now Emmerich one to shame. Uh, but Toho is working on a new one. It's supposed to come out this year or next year. So um, they're putting some focus on that. Now, I learned a very fun fact in researching uh, Godzilla. Apparently... <laughs> The 1998 Godzilla from that really horrible movie that starred Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria, that's considered canical. You can hear my lovely dogs in the background, but that's considered canical. Apparently, the Godzilla from that particular one is now considered Zilla, and he fights against Godzilla in Godzilla Final Wars, which came out in 2004, and Godzilla beats him senseless. Anyway, uh, this is Dan with your Geek News. I'm going to turn it back over to Jim and Eric. i got to get going. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. Check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. You can see my DC Digital and Vertigo reviews over on uh, Weird Science's official site. Uh, and I also want to let you guys know that I'm going to be talking about the Lego set as well as this Godzilla story a little more on my podcast, which is Betapod.
Uh, if you want to listen to the latest episode of Beta Pod, where I give my predictions for WWDC on Monday, June 8th, uh, you can do that at the link bit.ly slash betapod4. Until next time, this is Dan reminding you to let your geek flag fly. All right, and that's Dan's Geek News, Eric. All right, Dan. Dan's Geek News, and now we are going to speed things up and get right into the books. But before the books... <laughs> the books. We were, we were talking in the break here. Before we've talked about the six degrees of separation that Jim and I have for some reason. Yes. We you know, met each other, became friends, started this podcast, the blog. Friends. Podcast. Well, we became like you know <laughs> amicable. Yes. Uh, and then we found out that my teenage sister and his niece are good friends. Yes, uh, such good friends that they went to the prom together. Yeah, that's as, some good as ass dates, friendship, right? right? There. If they didn't I, go I with guys, know. I think they went as yeah. Dates. They didn't. They didn't go with guys. They went no. together. Who knows? I think they call that stag. That. I don't know what they call. Whoa, that well, nowadays. that's my sister. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's my niece. <laughs> yeah, but they had no idea that we even knew each other. And then yesterday we were talking, and it turns out today. The day we're recording mm-hmm. tonight, right now, tonight, right now, is both of our dead father's birthday. Yep, yep. That's why I'm down, Eric. I'm so sad and broken up. My you father's son. birthday. Do you know what day he died? <laughs> what the date was? A couple weeks ago. I'm I, saying though, you have no idea no, what the date of his death no. was. That's fucked was, up. I think it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. Does that count? I think no. it was a Thursday. That if they think about it at work, it, it was a Thursday. April 10th. I don't know. I, well, I'm saying, I don't, I'm saying I don't a little even bit. know. It's, you're lucky I know his birthday, and the only reason I know his name is because I'm the third. You That's are the it. worst. I, I don't know my mother's birthday. That's what's weird. And the reason I remember my dad's birthday is for some reason I always thought this day was my mom's birthday, but then they'd have to tell me, no, no, it's your dad's birthday. And then I would get a call from my mom. And I would go and get him a cappuccino at Wawa <laughs> and go, and, hey, happy birthday. And he'd and then he'd yell at me. That's all I did. I would go over. He was like the mean Yoda. I would go and sit down, and he'd yell at me about stuff that I should do and shouldn't do and try not and do whatever. And te- he'd tell me basically I was a failure. And But he never had, like, usually you ha- I have a brother. Usually yeah. you have, like, a, a situation where you're like, you're a loser. You should have been more like your brother. Actually, my dad would be like, "You're a loser. At least you're not as bad as your brother." But we're both we're both losers in his mind. And uh, God rest his soul, Eric, up there in heaven on some really big cloud that would support a 500 pound man. He's looking down and probably shaking his head that we're talking about comic books tonight. Look at my boy doing these nonsense things. No, and again, we talked about it um, t- uh, yesterday. Yeah, uh, I think maybe even a little today earlier that we were talking about how our fathers kind of influenced us and you yes. said that your dad was really into comic books movies pop culture stuff that was important yeah. to him the only it thing was my... weird though it was weird though because my father was a big football star mm-hmm. never taught me to play football no. i don't know if he just looked at his awkward like chubby son and realized you know what maybe this isn't for you let's let's lead your life this way <laughs> he might have done my dad <laughs> my dad basically was there to uh, squash every dream i had I told him at one point, now again, 
It is kind of nonsense. I saw um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and decided I wanted to be an archaeologist. Right. Which, you know, kids say crazy stuff like that. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard a man so angry <laughs> at a son when I said that. Always, Dad, I, I'd like to be a, a, an archaeologist. That is nonsense. What are you talking about? Who's going to pay the bills? Oh, my goodness. He's, you know, going on and on. You can't do that. You're a moron. <laughs> stuff like that. And, um, yeah, he probably was right in, in some aspect, but man, he could have at least said, yeah, you know, check that out. Then, then another worst thing, I'm going off to college, and he tells me, um, hey, you know what you should do? You should take Latin. That's an easy course. I, I took it in school. Um, it was very easy. So then I took Latin. I was horrible at it. It was so hard. <laughs> and uh, he, I came home for, the, I think that was the first break of my freshman year, came home from college and said to him, he's like, oh. And he, again, I paid for college myself. I waited yes. two years to go. I worked. I paid for myself. Never paid a cent. And I come back home and he's like, oh, so how are things going? Actually, I don't even know. He never asked. I would just like blurt out things. I'm like, yeah, that Latin's pretty hard. I'm having problems. Latin? Why are you taking Latin? That was the hardest <laughs> thing I ever did. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You, you set me up, you goddamn bastard. And then uh, what I did, I got done that first year of Latin and got the hell out of that and took Spanish. And even then, Spanish, I... So you don't just, know a lick of Spanish. Yeah, because I would I would make flashcards of whatever I had to do. I'd memorize everything. I didn't learn one thing. I just did it to pass. I actually got good. I think I got uh, B's in Spanish. And go with my, uh, you know, my record, uh, Pukelitzer Prize uh, grade point. Look <laughs> at that in the West Virginia University. Uh, you show up and you have only two teeth, and that's two ahead of everyone else, and you pass. That's all they say to offend all my... Brethren in West Virginia. Boom. Hey, you want to you want to add a little bit of creepiness to this podcast? <laughs> what are you going to do? No, I'm just saying. My father died on the 22nd of June. Oh, really? This is episode 22. So, Daddy, mm. this weird, strange yeah. feeling podcast is for you. And uh, I just thought of something, Eric. My dad's pant size was 22 sizes bigger than mine. <laughs> oh my goodness! And usually for a meal, he'd like to eat 22 sandwiches. Yep. Yes, I, I don't know what else 22. The only other 22 thing I was thinking of locally was, um, now I can't remember. <laughs> I was going to say some sports guy. Uh, Deuce Staley uh, wore right. number 22 for the Eagles years back. How about that? How about that? How about that? Deuce Staley, Eric. Ah, but we're going to go on with the books, and this is non-convergence. Convergence is over. We're wiping ourselves clean. Um, getting our shake it off, just shake, shake it, it off, off, brother. Shake it, shake off. it off. Yes, uh, <laughs> haters are gonna hate Eric. I am glad convergence is over. I was probably one of the most positive people about it, even though we had a lot of hate towards it at points. Yeah, but in general, I think that both of us were pretty positive about it. But except I am, for the main title, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad they're all over because we get back to our books. But as we'll see, some of these books have changed a bit, and we get new books. But you you get the feeling, even on our site with people coming to the site, um, people stayed away for a little. I think the convergence kind of uh, pulled people out of it for a bit. It was fan repellent. Yeah, yeah. And now they're back. People seem to be thinking, hey, this is fresh stuff. We're going to come fresh check this out stuff. now. And uh, do you think that your books in general went with the story over continuity uh, concept? To it agree yes and no you know yeah. i have certain aspects like the first book we talked about i have an issue with but yeah. um otherwise besides for bat might not really no i i think they did so there and i read your books too uh like you you know batman beyond but 
Justice League, which is your first book that you'll talk yes. about in a second, I think really went above that kind of story over continuity. The continuity is thrown aside in this book big well, time. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking of some, the way things differently the way we're talking about it. Yeah. Yes, you are correct in that, sir. I mean, there's – and it goes beyond just the superficial things of like what members are there and whatnot and who yeah. isn't alive and dead. But yeah, and um, well, we'll talk about it. You just go with it. I'll talk to, a little bit in a second. All right, Justice League number 41, written by Jeff Johns, with art by Jason Fabach and Brad Anderson. Part one of the Dark Side, uh, Dark Side War heats up in the DCU. You, Jim. Y-O-U. As shit is thrown at you left and right. Mr. Miracle goes after Dark Side while Ashina and Kanto are pulling a Terminator on Earth by going through the phone book and killing anyone named Marina Black. And Darkseid's daughter Grail scares the living shit out of us by turning Flash into a mother box and crawling out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yes, that happened. Before beating the living shit out of the Justice League and calling the Anti-Monitor Earth Zero, God, crawled out of his mouth. He did. All of that and Superman and Lex Luthor are boom tube away after we learn that Lena Luthor was the one who put, put the hit out on her brother Lex. Yep. That is what happened. Yeah, uh... I know that you you read this, and I I just read it today for right. the podcast. And you had said all oh, these stories, and I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was great. I was excited about it. I liked all the different things about it. I really did. I thought it was too much too soon, man. Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, I heard today even that people are. That it hasn't really been announced how long this this. Uh, I would go six issues go. in no, my mind and my head. Supposedly, it's going to be over a year. Get the fuck out That's of here. That's what I heard. That's I heard that Jeff Johns said that this is going to be a very, very long story. So well, that kind of that kind of makes me happy. Yeah, but well, I guess we'll see what's going on. But yeah, there's a lot thrown at you this issue. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I'm telling you, even from the beginning, where they show the Justice League as kids and how they're looking at at the world yeah, yeah. and things around. I right away, even Mister Miracle from the very beginning, I was I was in. I, this is a book that I'm telling you. This issue itself is it's well above anything of mine that I read this week. Oh yeah, and scope and size yeah. is gigantic. Yeah, but I, it's this is Jeff Johns' thing anymore. Is that go big or go home? Yeah. And I feel for this issue that he just blew his wad all over our faces way too soon, and like he just needs to pace himself a little bit more. Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be. I'm hoping every issue is like this. That it's going. Can you imagine be that? Jesus crazy. Christ! I mean, he throws so much at us. We get Mister Miracle, right? And uh, even parts that go back to. Um, what was was it um godhead wasn't it right. godhead where they showed uh mr miracle getting uh given away to dark side no, that was that was which world's was end. that world's end no no what? you know what no that was um justice league 40 okay yeah it, that was awesome and they showed that that was really cool i i'm telling you i like everything with the justice league there's some things though when you're reading it which i'm sure you're going to say that throw you off a little because there, there is going to be – this is going to happen in a bunch of these books where right. all of a sudden things are going to happen. You're going to like, what the hell? And you've got to remember that this is the DCYOU. You. <laughs> uh, and one of them that's not even huge but it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way was Steve Trevor with right. Wonder Woman. It was very weird. And you're like, okay, well – Why is that weird? Is, well, because they're almost talking about wondering, oh, I wonder about us sometimes and stuff like that. It just seemed odd. He had not been around them that much in in the the past bit. He kind of was pushed to the side. Now all of a sudden he's right, right there yeah. with them. And they're almost like – 
he's back to almost you know being in love and being close to her. No, I can, I can. I'm on Steve Trevor's side here, and I, I agree with the story for the way he was presented. Because whenever you're around an ex that you still care for, shit is awkward. Well, it wasn't awkward though. It He's was like, awkward. whatever you need, you know that. And she's like, yeah. yes, thank you. And then she, I still wonder about us, though. I don't think he does anymore. And love is the most powerful force in the world, but it can be complicated. I, I didn't think of them as, as awkward at all. It almost seemed... That's awkward. No, it seemed to me like this was like you didn't even have to worry about her and Superman anymore. That they, in this book, they either aren't together uh, or... They never were. I don't know. It just seemed I don't odd. It's all. like all of a sudden he's there. He, I'm telling you, he hasn't been that close to her in in year a year at least. Well, and that's our just, time. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it just seemed odd to me that all of a sudden he was thrown in. But again, you can throw anybody you want. Right. And of course, there's Batman who's exactly alive. Yeah. Uh, Superman has his powers. They have all this stuff. That's, Green, uh, you know, Green Lantern's not Green a Lantern's renegade. There. Yep, it's all there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I thought the art was unbelievable. Oh, Jason Fabak is always yeah. great. Um, I really like Captain Cold. He was funny. <laughs> his, his big old crush yeah. on Wonder Woman. Yeah, he, 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 hey, you tell her I said hi. Um, and then on the phone later on, he's like, hey, hey, is that her? Yeah. Hey, and, it's funny he's saying that as like all hell's breaking loose. They're, yeah, they're some bodyguard he is. Yeah, um, just all that. I really like Lex. I, I liked everything about it. I love the the tie-in with Forever Evil. I mean, this the story really seems to to you're going to get your you know somewhat resolution possibly of of all those people locked up, Superwoman yeah. and Ultraman, which you've been asking for. Exactly. Um, again, I I trust <laughs> Jeff Johns. The guy knows what he's doing. If he gives us this much in the first issue, I don't think he's blowing his wand. I think he's. I hope not. I think That's he's a, showing. It's just what it feels like. No, I just think he's showing you that man, this is big, and this is going <laughs> to be an, an event. And I know that I heard some people or read some people are complaining that. We just got done Convergence. Why didn't they just do this Dark Side War as, as a crossover? But uh, the one good thing that I like about this is it seems that this Dark Side War is just going to remain in this book. You're not going to have a lot of crossover with other books, they claim. Yeah, I don't uh, want that at all. No, uh, well, that that's what I'm saying. That's why I think some of these uh, events, like you're saying, like say a Godhead lasted, right. what, two months? Three months. Three months, but it was also in four books. So Five. Got, yeah, well, there. So with it just in one book, it isn't that odd to think Inclu- that this might last. Including Infinity Man on top of months. that. Yeah, really. That, that Yeah, on top of that, that was <laughs> Guy Gardner showing up with the Infinity Man. It was still a time. They were trying to get those sales. They didn't get them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you? So did the continuity bit throw you off? Well, the biggest part that threw me off is just because we had just got done reading all this World's End, Earth 2, and everything Mm -hmm. like that. We got to see a lot of Mr. Miracle in that. Yeah, yeah. And it's an issue that goes back to um, Justice League 40 that I had, where we saw the whole thing where uh, Highfather and and, um, Darkseid switch sons to try to make a peace pact, you know? Yep. And Scott Free goes over there, and he knows that he like High Father was his, yeah, his father. Yeah, yeah. But in the world's end, we saw that he didn't. He had to find out that Darkseid wasn't his real yeah, father. And and it's back to that in this issue where he obviously knows yes the the history. So they're they're going with that. But again, these world's ends and, the, and that stuff is that's me, all. That's, I'm saying that's all continuity right there. For yeah. like you, you say it's story over continuity, obviously. But yeah. Future's End, World's End, Justice League. 
Earth two should all be this continuity. Yeah, but again, it does this. It doesn't matter anymore. I know that you say that that's lazy story writing, it but is. I think that what what they're doing is this starts now. So whatever goes on now, that's what the continuity is now, and it's going to remain until that. they so, decide. No, not. I don't think. I think Jeff Johns is one of those where say um, say they go with this book and. Um, yeah, you know, Batman's alive. Well, right. He's alive. He's going to be alive. They're not going to reference it. You know what I mean? And with uh, Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle remembers his time in Apocalypse, knows that, uh, you know, his dad isn't dark side, and that's how it is now. It goes from here on. Uh, the only thing that – I know they wanted to come out of the, the gate with a bang with this. I almost wish they would have had the Justice League of America – uh, book come out first, the the other Justice yeah, League they're... book, that you would get that, so that would come out, that's completely out of continuity, that's just going to be like Tales of the Justice League, and I think that would have set your mind a little like, okay I get it now, like th- this came out, boom, and there you have Batman, Superman has powers, and I think because of the timing of that it really uh, threw some people off that, that oh my god, the, well, Superman doesn't have powers, and Batman's dead the way you're <laughs> And it, 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 you know what I'm saying? It, it does throw people off. Uh, I'm saying this is going to be a year long, and I suspect since what you're telling me, it's going to be a year long. That's uh, that's what I hear. That they I said sus- very I, long. Well, I suspect that this is going to go on until everything is reset, like Batman and Green Lantern and yeah. Superman. They're all put back to their normal status quo. But I would like to see the Justice League as they the characters are now, like a robot Batman, a powerless oh Superman. Oh my goodness gracious! Could you imagine? That's all that? hardly a Justice League. Uh, uh, I think it'd be funny though. And uh, some, yeah, who knows? And all the they don't have the new costumes as far you know. So all of a sudden, Superman shows up here. He's got his jeans and an Eat at Joe <laughs> shirt. They're like, "What's going on, buddy?" And then they're all fighting, and then Aquaman hears that Mara's coming. Oh shit, guys! I gotta go. It's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, really. You know what? Um, no Aquaman in this one, no. right? Uh, he is in the um, – I'm looking at it right now. Um, there is a computer, th- and he's on that. He's on the computer screen right. uh, where Mr. Miracle's looking. Uh, but, yeah, uh, no no Aquaman. I wonder why. I mean, he's I one guess of they, Jeff Johns' favorites, but maybe he's off doing something. I guess they went the way of the cartoon movie Justice League War and replaced Shazam. Yeah, replaced really? Shazam, yeah. Oh, God, that got me so angry. I, I know. I, I like Aquaman. Now, you read the book today, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that Shazam's going to be okay after being stabbed through the back? I don't know. I don't think so. That was so. crazy. Uh, the other thing that I, I actually thought might be – I don't know. I guess it's not forced, but that whole thing with um, Cyborg, right. with I'm um, Growing, thing, that yeah. seemed to just be to tie in with his, his book. Right. Uh, Ivan Rice is on that book. He's like, hey – Jeff, uh, do me a favor. We've worked together a lot. Yeah. Please just say something about that. That's Cyborg what I'm saying, because they, they have that sneak peek where he's kind of evolving and redo. And I'm like, that seemed a little odd. But uh, everything else, boy, I, I I really liked it. Why I, do you think that I'm saying Grail is part Amazon? Her mother yeah, was an Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Is that why, though, would the lasso not work on her? Um, I don't know. I don't know uh, either. I know that it's just said it's not working. Maybe it's one of those things where I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It, it bothered me. It's because the, the Grail comes out of nowhere and scares the shit out of me by crawling oh, yeah. out of Flash's mouth with but, uh, with that cloak that I I think I want one of those cloaks. I think that's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> but then she just proceeds to 
destroy the Justice League. Yeah. No problem at all. I'm no. like, this is the problem with Jeff Johns. When he, like, the villains come out immediately and they just whoop oh, the yeah, ass. Oh, yeah, they, they whoop every the time, crap out of them. Every time he writes yeah. a big story like this, the villain just comes out immediately and whoops their monkey asses. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why uh, that the lasso, maybe somebody out there knows, maybe it's something to do with Amazon. It doesn't make sense, uh, especially because in the uh, Wonder Woman annual this week, mm-hmm. supposedly Donna Troy is what they claim to be made to be the perfect Amazon. Right. And the lasso works fine on her. That, yep. en- that ends that story. Uh, so it's not that. Maybe it's that something that all. if you are I, something so evil – Something I don't know. I'm saying not only that, she freaking, you know, rips apart Cyborg's metal, stabs yeah. Shazam, uses Hal's will against him and like, yep. like corrupts his power. Yep. And then grabs a hold of power ring and opens a portal to Earth 3 and lets the anti-matter uh, monitor in. Yep. And it was like, holy shit, there, there's no way that the Justice League is going to be able to stop her. Yeah. From this display of power right now. They didn't get their ass whooped by Darkseid this yeah. bad. She even, she even shatters uh, the bracers. Yeah, uh, wonder what I mean. She just goes. She just how, like you said, how do you defeat her after this? Yeah, you know, like you said, Jeff Johns starts off with this crazy thing that almost like that you couldn't fight back. Yeah, it's crazy. And now Lex and Superman are freaking out of commission because they've been boom tubed somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, they seem to be like boom tubed off to the freaking I don't know apocalypse. apocalypse. That's yeah. what I think they are. I think they're an apocalypse. And the Justice League is just ripped apart. And again, um, did you like Power Ring in it? Yeah, I'm saying Power Ring was a big part of this because she had yeah. to be there because since Forever Evil, mm-hmm. because you know that is the connection to the Earth Three universe. Yep. Yeah. Um, the one thing I have to say is they show Ultraman. Right. He, he doesn't look happy. Why you know, you no, happy? I'm saying it's not like one of those things that he's like, yeah, I'm going to get out or whatever. He's just as bad off. He's uh, he's yeah. screwed. The anti-matters come. They're going to he's going to destroy us all like he did my world. Yep. Yeah. And he he arrives. And then, like you said, Lex, uh, Lena is the one who was after Lex. Crazy. And, yeah, it is. And it's like it's unbelievable. And then Every, yeah, they I'm, sorry, I'm going out. I'm going through this book, and every time I think it's going to be a cliffhanger and the book's over, it continues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a couple times. And uh, then you at the end, uh, Marina Black shows yeah. up. Crazy. The uh, Marina Black, not yeah. the one that all yeah. can't tell unless she had been killing left and right. With a, a, a griffin that looks straight out of, uh, like, Harry Potter or yep. the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and, again, Jason Fombach's character designs in this are awesome. They're, so They're all good. amazing. Yeah, they are. I, I loved it. Um, I want Jason Feuerbach to do every book from now on. Every single book. Every I, single one. I think he could do it. <laughs> he can do it. Yeah, This, but again, this is an event, and it feels like it's huge. It does feel like it's huge. I just hope that it can, like it did not blow its like load all at once. Yeah. Uh, That's all I want. I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. Yep. I probably would have given it uh, probably a 9.5. I liked it that much. But my next book I liked as well, but uh, it was Action Comics. Number 41, written by Greg Pack, Pac Pack, art by Aaron <laughs> Cooter, Tamo Murray, and High Fire. High Fire. High Fire. Greg, Greg Pack gets – well, wait a second. Let me start. Greg Pack gives us the truth, and while it seems to be a little out of order, it's all good. While I'm not sure I want a Superman without a secret identity and limited powers, Greg Pack takes advantage of it. All to give readers a pretty good character study of Superman in the world he lives in. Like I've suspected all my life, Eric, 
Most people are assholes. Yeah. There are still some good ones out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the way this issue ends, it looks like there will be a lot fewer of those good people by next month. Uh, this issue, I, like you said about Justice League just now, is right. what I wanted out of this one. I wanted – this is pretty much the first major story. We've had previews and sneak peeks uh, with the truth. The truth. The truth, Ruth. But this is basically – this is the first issue that starts the truth. Which is crazy. It should have been Superman, obviously. Well, it is crazy because during the issue, a couple of times, I see Superman, a book that hasn't come out. And I hate that. That drives me nuts. But again, as well. I wanted a big bang out of the gate, and this really wasn't it. Um, this is a pretty laid-back issue for most of the time. Uh, yeah. It's Superman. It, it starts directly from uh, – appears to be from that Action comic sneak peek where he's, yes. gone, he's gone to the um, – What's it called? No, Fortress, no, of no, Fortress of Solitude. Oh, my God. My mind went blank. He, uh, where uh, the Fortress of Solitude didn't recognize him, closed up and ripped the uh, cape from him. So Jimmy, your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. He has that. He has the tattered cape, which is awesome. I, I really like that. But he's walking through Alaska and ends up in a town. Uh, you, you think that, that, that in Alaska they have the no shirt, no shoes, no sale policy? Obviously not. They don't because he walks in. With no shirt. I'm looking right now. Now, Superman is a big dude. I want to know where he got dude. the pants. He's a big dude, correct? Correct. He's a big guy. He's in this, like, I guess it looks like it'd be like a 7-Eleven slash. Yeah, it's a mini it's like, it's, Yeah, it's got a little more things because it does have clothing. It has a. He's there with no shirt. This guy's a big dude. There is two women and a guy there. Nobody pays attention to him. No. That nobody looks. If, if I I'm, imagine I imagine like the scene in Terminator Two when the Terminator walks in <laughs> naked. Yeah, but I just, think yeah, everybody stops though and looks at yeah. him. Yeah, and then they, they try don't. to kick his ass. Uh, but I think Greg Peck does a really good job. He gets people up to speed, okay, with a little monologue. Actually, in this book, there is a lot of monologue. Uh, uh, yeah. But also, you get the um, the Daily. Uh, that's another thing I want to ask you: the Daily Planet. You think that in Alaska they would have the Daily Planet? No. Because they do here, and it seems awful. Well, it is, it's the biggest newspaper in the it world. It is, but it, I, I have no frame of reference I guess for what they, they would, would have in Alaska. I guess maybe in Alaska they have, like, the New York Times and the New York Post. and, and the, you know. I would imagine sort of so. Thing. I don't so, know, though. Yeah, I, just... I don't either, but there. Now, the other thing that threw me off here is we, we were discussing this uh, during Convergence while we would discuss other books coming back and when we got the sneak peeks, and me and you were both confused of how much time has gone – between the uh, reveal of his secret identity, him losing powers, and when these books come back. And me and you both thought that it would be, I think, I would have said about six months. I said two months. Superman's identity revealed is still front page news. And it's yep. not, and again, you could say, oh, that's the biggest story they've ever had. They, they, would ha they wouldn't have that as the headline, though. Superman's identity revealed. It would be on to the next phase of stories or the third. You know what I mean? It just seems too quick. Um, but again, they go. But didn't we read somewhere that it's been two weeks? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it just seems. But even so, it, it. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's about two weeks. Yeah. And it just it that threw me off a bit. And and by in that two weeks, there has been such hate towards a man who yes. A lot of his saving has caused problems, <clears throat> but he has still saved the earth a lot of times and to a point where in Alaska you can buy a Superman shirt 70% off. Yeah, because, shit's gone downhill, man. Oh, my God. It's like I have never seen a fall off this quick uh, since Nickelback, Eric. <laughs> Everybody loved them or Creed. 
<laughs> Everybody loved those guys. With arms awesome wide open. Oh, my God. With arms wide open. Yikes. But, yeah, everybody's against Superman, it seems. And he gets, a, uh, he gets a shirt, Eric, and the biggest goddamn burrito I've ever seen. It made me bomb. It made me very hungry for burritos. They're delicious. Uh, but, yeah, then you, you get the idea. They, they use these locals as, like, the, uh, the worst uh, people to make it uh, show you what people want. Now, again, at, at this one point, this, uh, this big local guy wants to start a fight with Superman. Right. Correct? He's I can a see big that. big-ass guy. I can see that. I can see where people like you – there's awful people who will want to beat up the biggest guy. And if you could go around – this guy is in Alaska with his goddamn motorcycle. If he could beat up Superman, he's set for life. That's a right. story for life. Uh, but I did laugh. I told you – did you read that part when he's going to buy the motorcycle? And I told you it reminded me a lot of Mel Gibson in the beginning of uh, a Lethal Weapon. Yeah. When he pulls out the money. What, what does the guy yell at him? Oh, my God. Well, first he's like – don't screw this up. No, I, I meant in, up. in a Lethal Weapon. Well, oh, little... friggin'. He friggin'. He's like, oh, uh, 200. All right. 120, 46. Uh, no, no. 200,000. 200, like, no, no, I'm sorry. He says two. He starts doing thinking 200. 2,000. Asshole. That's what it reminded me of. But yeah. Um, now I want to watch Lethal Weapon. Got to get yeah, that quote yeah. down. I, I like that. Uh, Greg Punk does a really good job of showing that this this guy is just a piece of crap. He's smacking people and all, but again, Superman then punches him, punches the crap out of him, and <laughs> then heads off to Metropolis. And I told you, it's a hell of a drive he's got going. They do yeah. show it. Um, holy moly. He's riding that motorcycle from fucking Alaska down to Metropolis, and he's having a lot of times. He gets there, and uh, shit's changed, Eric. Uh, the police hate him. Everybody hates the guy. Do you think this many people would hate Superman? Yes. Do you? Yes, I, I do. I don't. Uh, we, um, we talked about it earlier this week, and I will always go back, to, like, even though it's not in continuity for this, the Man of Steel movie. Yeah, it's, but still, I know that that's what they're going for, that, oh, he caused that. Why wouldn't they have had a big revolt a year ago? Because All of a sudden he's now, yeah, but he's still Superman. He, they don't. No, he's Clark Kent well, now. Yeah, but even so, they know him. He has an ID. They can attack him. Yeah, but they I can don't... attack people that he knows. He has a social security number. Yeah, it's. I don't think he does. He I don't think to. he could have. He he has no birth certificate. He he he, he was never issued a, a social security number. They just started. <laughs> excuse me. They just uh, he got a job and he's gone with it, Eric. That's bullshit. He had to go to school, go to college, and then work for the biggest newspaper in the world. He needs these things. I'm telling you, they pulled a code heads and freaking – No, uh, I, th I think that he just forged it all. He got cyborg to, to change shit around. I don't he know. Didn't mean, he didn't meet them back I then. I know. I'm just saying. I, I just – I think this whole starting thing starting to sound seemed, like Dan here. I just – I know. I'm having problems. I, I freaking coughing and – I took a drink of uh, that gridlock, and phew, it's like battery acid. I told you to stop drinking that. I don't know. I, ju I just, I, to me, it just seemed off a bit. Uh, but again, it's for the story, so I, I'll I'm right go on with it. it. Uh, there's a cop in this, uh, in this issue that, like, if you want to put like the worst looking cop, like you know this guy's bad. <laughs> it's this guy, and I, I it kept dawning, I, or it didn't dawn me. I kept thinking. Where did I see a cop like this? And then I realized it was in NWA's Express Yourself video. <laughs> it, the guy looks exactly like that. And he's got the baton. He's, you know, those guys are always hitting their hand with the baton. Yeah. And uh, in that video, it goes back and forth from the guy being a slave owner to a cop. Oh, man, it used to get me angry, Eric. I wanted to take it to the streets in Quaker Town. 
Jimmy Brother Star. Yeah, yeah. I even put in my notes, guy looks like the cop in NWA Six Express. You're so <laughs> video. And then I watched the video without sound, and I smiled. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, um, the other thing they go and and you get the you get Greg Pak throws in that uh, hey, they're having a Superman party in his neighborhood, and this Lee Lambert, this lady firefighter, comes up to him. And uh, do you agree that she's crazy? Yes, she is. She comes crazy. up to him and she's like, "Oh, thank God, Superman! Uh, I never knew that you lived here, but you must have moved in two years ago because that's when all the trouble went." Yeah, yeah, it's about then. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, not everybody likes you, Superman. <laughs> like, what the hell just happened? She she changed like a flip flopper right there. It scared the she, crap. She out. was like Huntress in Convergence. She was obviously she's being taken over, and then they they get that call. He goes, and then you see that the police are about to uh, perform genocide yeah, on that neighborhood. F- that was a hell of a cliffhanger. Like, yeah. okay, Superman's gone now. All right, we'll take your troops in. We're gonna eradicate this shitty neighborhood. And, and, and again, you get the idea that the police set this up, correct? That they got let. Oh yeah. Like the and in the meantime, there are firefighters that look like they're about to die. There's the shadow, and he's going to go fight it. There's going to be people and, and property damage dying just to get rid of this neighborhood. When in well, fact, I'm saying we, we had these weird-ass shadows going on in the sneak peek that Superman was fighting on his way to get to the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, yeah. Here that shadow comes back. That's when he leaps off to go yep. fight. And he says even that. Uh, that just proves it fully out. Uh and it says, it's a shadow, like the creatures that tracked me down a couple of weeks ago. See, the shadows are coming after Superman, destroying shit in the process. Let's go after Clark Kent. And you, and you know what the great thing is? It, it has an asterisk, and it's read, next month, Superman 42. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, what, what is going on here? Oh, you had two months to line these things up. What but is going saying, on? You were, com- you were complaining because um, you don't think people would react this way about an alien living among us in pretending to be weeks. human. I- agreed. I'm saying the-, the story is dropped. People are all about fucking uh, against Bill Cosby all at once when this story dropped. Bill Cosby raped like 10 women. And you- how many people uh, were like – I don't know how sh- many he saved. <laughs> Bill- he might have saved us with his humor. He uh, saved and me. Made- at one point – well, at one point I was really down in the dumps. And then I saw Leonard Part 6, Eric, and I, I said, you know what? Bill Cosby saved me, everybody. And then when I heard he was raping women, I – stop. Bill Cosby's a savior. Down. He is a savior. That's Leonard Part 6 right there. God Which is on demand right and now. And then they said, we don't like that. And I said, listen, ghost dad. And then everybody was with me. Everybody loves that. Remember right? when he was in Meteor Man? <laughs> I, I remember when he was in uh, very inappropriate places giving uh, people uh, Jesus juice. Like, I don't know. Like, it was going out of style. That guy liked to uh, drug women and, and have his way, Eric. Anyway, we got off that. That is not here. a hero. I loved Bill Cosby back in the day. I did too. And uh, again, I separate that. I still like his clean comedy. I just yeah. don't like his dirty personal life. And that guy, he was one of those that went nuts about, like, making, like, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. too dirty. Like, he was the uh, clean comic uh, police, and look what he was doing. And this stuff he was doing was going way, way back. <laughs> way back. And Action Comics, I gave an 8.5 on, out of on, 10, Eric. I just want to say that we have these shadows showing up. I got way yeah. off point. Yeah. And I want to say the shadows are affecting people, and this is why – they're doing what they're doing. They're actually more upset with Superman than they ought to be, like you say, possibly because they're like influenced by these shadow creatures. I don't know. There's, I, they, I don't see how that can influence the whole world. It seems like everybody hates them now to me. We've only seen America. Well, we saw Alaska. The 75% That's America. Off, well, I'm saying, but that's not. it's not the 
continental U.S. So these these shadow things, I don't think are in every freaking neighborhood. I, I think everybody's against him. Uh, I, and again, then why wouldn't these people in this uh, in his neighborhood hate him? They now she did say some people do, but yeah. there's the people who love him. I just think that they're going with the he's a dirty alien. Uh, he should pay taxes, Xenophobes. and uh, he should get a, a you know he's stealing our jobs. <laughs> That's what I get. He's stealing jobs. Next thing he's going to be working as a uh, dishwasher at a diner. Eric. Eight five out of ten. What would uh, you ne- give it? I don't know. Uh, eight five sounds about right. Yeah. All right. But Green Lantern number forty one is our next book. It's yep. written by Robert Venditti with art by Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Alex Sinclair, and Tony Avina. And I feel really bad because in my review I didn't mention Mark Irwin at all, and then he responded like we truly, uh, you know, we aimed to please, and I felt so bad. Uh, like, my, is he the uh, anchor? Anchor. Uh, <laughs> I to me. These guys know they know the score. Aaron. I even went and said how Venditti and uh, Billy Tan are a power team. Yeah, and all this. I'm like, oh, I left everybody else well, out. When we first started the site, we only mentioned the pencil. Pencil, yeah. That was the art by the, and it was by the penciler. And then we got called out. And also, we really, really like Hi Fi. Hi Fi's been a really good guy to us. Yeah. Uh, so we started mentioning him, and then you got guys like Snakebite Cortez. That if you don't <laughs> mention him, he will rip your head off and shit down your throat, Eric. I'm so and, afraid and not think bite. twice. Whew. Uh, go on with this. Give me your ha- give me your synopsis of this this uh, great read. Hal Jordan is back, and he's bringing along his new persona as a space badass with him. Malcolm Reynolds, Han Solo, none of them have shit on our new renegade Green Lantern. But as much as I dig the new look, this issue is purely set up to let us know that the Green Lantern Corps are mysteriously gone. Well, set up for that in Hal's new ship, Darlene, which I can't wait to see more of because hilarity is bound to ensue between Hal and his grumpy ship. I'm telling you, man, this is pure setup, and it's not much goes on in this book. I had so much fun reading it, though. Uh, I said uh, in my – I have one dislike. I put not much of a story yet, but it's fun. And exactly. I'm telling you, this might be the fastest read that I have had in, in two years. I know, right? I actually got done, and this I never do this. I had to look at the page count because <laughs> I was done so quick. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no, nope, regular page count. And it was, I loved it. And I, it's funny that you mentioned it. I, I put in my thing that it, it felt so much like it was uh, Star Wars, Firefly, and Guardians of the Galaxy all rolled right. up into one. I loved it. I thought that I love Hal's character. I loved all of it. I really did, and Darlene's great. The ship is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah, I, I now again, we mentioned before the podcast that there's going to be a couple books that we love, but we're not going to have much to say, <laughs> and this might be one of them because really, yeah. like you said, not a lot happens, but every page, every panel, I just I was having so much fun reading it. It, it was I, so much fun. Well, people might disagree with me on this, but – I just love the fact that we have this simple character, Green Lantern, and he just tweaked just a little bit to put on this whole new, like, um, this new interesting take on the character. Yeah. But he's not going over, but he's not going overboard with it like the people with, like, Superman and, like, Batman. In my mind, that's going overboard with what they're doing with the characters. Mm-hmm. How is just tweaked. He's, a, he's, like, known as a bad guy now. He's, a, like, you know, an outlaw and has a ship. 
That's the only difference, and it works so well. I, it's the characters just become so much fun to read because we've been dealing with Hal for so long now, and nothing new has been going on with him since he like you know uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah, and yeah. before that he was the Spectre, and before that he was Parallax. These were new things trying to reinvigorate the character that didn't really work. Mm-hmm. This was great. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and he's he. It's like Hal, the anti-hero. Yeah, uh, and it's great because he's st- he's a great guy still. He's doing uh, good, but he has to put up that ruse that he's, you know, the he's renegade. He's on yeah. the way. And it's great because while while this issue is going on, that the guy he captures that was like almost like that slave slaver. Yeah, uh, it was a skin peddler. keeps wanting to tell him that there's no Green Lantern Corps. And he keeps <laughs> kind of laughing at him like, man, you, you're out here on your own. You don't hear. I, you know, I have friends. You don't have any friends, but you, you haven't heard this big story. And I was like, yeah, I'm on the run. Uh, and he's like, you know what? Uh, you, you aren't. Uh, let me tell you. And Hal won't listen to him. And it's he still, needs to see for himself. And Manny sees it. And it's awesome. But again, we make fun of Hal's constructs. That uh, like light cycle was yeah, awesome. That was so badass. <laughs> it was so good. That might be his best construct ever. But I even like the point where uh, he is about to headbutt the guy and makes a helmet. Yep. That was really good, but then he gets back to, to his old ways. with those, Slappy uh, hands. Yeah, slappy hands and the uh, the chainsaws. Right. <laughs> uh, but even so, I really like the humor in it when he uh, – that uh, the slave guy, he keeps hitting him with slappy hands. And the, well, the guy, and the, the prince, he's the like, you shouldn't prince, do yeah. that. And he's like, oh, yeah, the gauntlet. It, I haven't gotten real control of it. Well, I really dug that because, like, I have no background on Krona's gauntlet. I don't even remember if it was ever used before or for this a new invention for this but yeah. i love the fact that it's a prototype he's like and he's explaining to us very casually because he's annoyed with this guy in the cell yeah, yeah. and then he just goes and slaps him with a contract it's like oh. i don't approve of you hitting people in cells like look this is not as fine-tuned in my thoughts as a ring would be so it just kind of goes on instinct mm-hmm. and then the guy says something else and he hits him again with the contract like, all right that one was on me yeah he's like yeah that was me uh but yeah you got the snarky ship and like you said it's all set up just to show that uh that the Green Lantern Corps is done. And it's I, crazy, though. Is this a tie-in to the Lost Army? Is the entire Corps going to be in the Lost Army, and that's what happened here? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And the, the other thing I don't get is why did they end up in Sector Zero? I'm saying, you um, back on the planet where they were doing the, like, the uh, Gladiator mm-hmm. and shit like that, the betting arena, the guy whispered what happened, and that's why he took him. Yeah, but he, because, yeah, but he didn't – He how surprised that he's there. What do you he mean? Because they go, oh, the map – he goes, where are we? And they go, the map says we've arrived at sex, se- Sector Zero. And he goes, that can't says, be right. And he I goes, know. oh, no. It just uh, – oh, he, he was on his way there. He even said to the guy, I can't take you home. Said, I'm taking a detour. Yeah, but he, but the detour, he he even says – he's like, that can't be right. And then he's, he's scared. Yeah, that because that's not Sector Zero. No, because it's destroyed. There's no life there. Oh, I know, but no. Then he sees that. It's almost like the, the ship took him there on purpose. They, no. I'm telling you. He says we shouldn't – That's that, okay, I guess you're saying I get – it's it's weird now that he's saying it. Now I get it that he's saying, wait, it can't be here. The the planet's gone. Right. And then Mogo's there. not there. There's no yeah, life. It's I, just I get it. Asteroid. It just seemed weird while I was reading it the first time. I thought that all of a sudden he he ended up weird. I I don't. It was weird. Why would he go back to Sector Zero that quick? Because he the guy told him the Green Lantern Corps is dead. Yeah. Well, it's just odd. I don't. That's know. That's why he was, he was making up as he went. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, then uh, he but, says, listen to me now. Like, I guess he was going back to prove that guy was wrong. Yeah. Because the guy's like, oh, you're listening to me now? Yeah. Yeah. I, but like you said, it was all set up to to get to that so that he I'm knows saying, that. I am I want to know if this, like, is this going to affect the story? Now, we have this Green Lantern Renegade. It's a great concept, great story. Is he going to continue to be on the run, or is he going to go on a pursuit now to find I, I think the Green Lantern I think he's going to be going on a pursuit. Uh, where could you go from here? Uh, yeah. He sees that they're gone. He's going to try to find them. Uh, in the meantime, I'm sure that he's going to have a crossover with a Mega Man and deal deal with that Kyle Rayner business. Oh, and then speaking of gonna... Kyle Rayner, it's another thing I found weird about this book is that now that Hal is just out on a battle on his own, is going mm-hmm. through space doing his thing, he comes off to be more Kyle Rayner. Yeah, well, was... it's weird when he in the first part where he uses the gauntlet to kind of put his Green Lantern outfit on. He, yeah. he looks like Kyle Rayner to me right. with the long hair and the, you know, he does. And he is acting a lot like Kyle. Yeah. And uh, maybe in, in the end you'll figure out or they'll tell us that uh, after all that has happened, he realized, you know, that's how you should act. I don't know. Maybe that's the concept. But he does come off more as of Kyle than, uh, than Hal. Yes. So I love it. I, I, really, I, I, I loved love it as well. No, this book had great art, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I would have probably given it an 8.5. I really, really liked it. Uh, again, I you can say that it, there wasn't much story, and there really wasn't, but it was a lot of fun. I like fun, Eric. So do I. I love fun. And uh, you know what else is fun? What's that? Ryan Clark's Other Side segment. You know what he's doing? No. Yeah, I know you don't, because I didn't tell you. Uh, Rob, Rob Liefeld had a book come out. Uh, this week, I think it's the Covenant. Button, Co- buttonfly jeans, Rob. Yeah, buttonfly jeans. I sent. Did you see my note? I sent to Ryan. I said, no. "Are you going to do that Rob Liefeld book?" And uh, he said, "No, I'm not." And I'm like, "Come on, man, buttonfly jeans." <laughs> and then uh, Ryan wrote back something like, uh, "Yeah, he got more money uh, doing one buttonfly jeans commercial than you will uh, in your whole life at the cardboard box factory." <laughs> I said, "You are right, but he's still a jerk." <laughs> uh, no, but I, I actually thought he was going to go with that. He said he might have, but his comic book store that he goes to and works at did not get that book. So instead, Eric, he's reaching into the Marvel. Bag of Tricks. All right. And he is going to do Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Which, I love Spider-Man. It, well, it, it, this, is, it, this is a weird one. This is supposedly, it's like one of those that they're selling like, a, this is the last Spider-Man story ever. And it looks like it's a story where uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are married and have a kid. Well, yeah, that's what they did before. May yeah. went missing before. I have no idea what the current continuity is. Yeah. Because shit has gotten so crazy over the last couple of years. Yep. I, I was thinking about it earlier today, though, because we wanted to work for a little bit today. Um, for a guy who has a DC Comics website, yeah, I have a Green Goblin tattoo on my yeah, arm. It's kind of odd. I don't go with those tattoos, Eric. I know. My well, body I was, is I was a 15 temple. when I got this. <laughs> and your mom let you. Yeah, no regrets, huh? Oh my no. god, I regret everything. I don't know. That Green Goblin is starting to, to morph into what looks like a green grimace. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. I, I think you've showed me that darn tattoo one time. Right. Yeah, I don't like to see your, your pale, chalky skin. <laughs> my chicken skin, as you call yeah, it. Yeah, I did. That one day I saw your legs. And look at that chicken skin. You didn't know what I meant. <laughs> like, what no. the hell does that mean? It's like the like the goose bumpy, oh, disgusting. Uh, disgusting. But Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows is written by Dan Slott. There's Dan Slott, big Spider-Man guy. I like Dan Slott. Yeah, in fact, the, the last uh, bit, when we first started the site, you were still reading Superior Spider-Man. 
Yes, I was. And I think you were just getting into uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, correct? It took a little while, but I did start getting into it. You were reading a bunch of Marvel stuff. I had a lot of freaking books yeah. in my pull yeah, list. Yeah, at that one point at that pull list was getting up to like 80, 90 bucks. It was <laughs> more than ridiculous. that. Oh, my goodness. Now you buy Imaginex with that money. Never can save, though, can you? Well, I just completed my like two. I got so many Imaginex this week. It's so good. I finally got my Solomon Grundy. Yep. I got Nightwing and Deathstroke, and I got Plastic Man and Martian Manhunter. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I make fun of the Imaginex uh, figures, and I still will. They're ridiculous. Now, I, I told you today, uh, for a kids thing that's for ages three to six. That, that a 32 year old plays with every Friday <laughs> night. Um, they do take care to to make them a little unique to me. Yeah. They could just put out these crappy characters, but Plastic Man, he's got like a soft, spongy feel to him. Yep, a bendy. Yeah, and Deathstroke has a hell of a sword going. Now I'm just waiting for Sinestro and Cheetah to come out, and uh, Red Robin and Firestorm and the oversized Man Bat. You just sit there like wishing to to the gods. Why? Well, uh, the worst worst part is. I was on uh, Facebook and I found an Imaginex, like a DC Super Friends group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I see, I go on. <laughs> You're there, a part of I, that group, right, Eric? I keep, I see everybody talking about all these Imaginex. I'm like, oh, this looks like fun. I'm still waiting approval. The yeah. motherfuckers will not allow me in this it's goddamn so group. It's so funny. You push these things and you love them so much, but they will not let you in the group <laughs> because uh, I heard, I got word that the average age of that group is seven and they've been told to uh, not They're, let. People of they're your actually age parents. You mostly, it seems like. I don't think so. Seven, seven, mm -hmm. Eric. Uh, the uh, the books written by Dan Slott, Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows, uh, with art by Adam Kubert. And I, I wrote there. I, I think the Kuberts are the the Baldwins of the comic book industry. Yeah. Are you with me? There's like there's, there's like nine hundred of them, <laughs> uh, and I don't know who would be um, Stephen. Well, I don't know them personally, Do so I can't. I think Adam Kubert is the Stephen Baldwin. Why are you going to hate on Adam like that? <laughs> that? That would be the worst of the Baldwins, correct, Stephen? Uh, my favorite Baldwin is Adam Baldwin. You like they're Adam? related, right? They're related, right? <laughs> no, they're not. And uh, <laughs> uh, I forget the guy's name, the receiver of uh, Seattle. He's, he's part of it too, right? Right. No. No, no, no. Uh, so we're going to go to this, uh, and let's hear what he thinks of Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number one. Do it. Hello, and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your place for non-DC Comics comic book reviews on the all-DC Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am your host, as always, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. And this week, I bring you The Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number one, which is a Secret Wars tie-in dealing with the version of Spider-Man as told during the One More Day storyline. This issue is written by Dan Slott, with art by Adam Kubert, John Dell, and Justin Ponsor. Uh, Secret Wars has been exploring a lot of the different pocket universes that Marvel had to offer, and it's taking different sections of all these different universes and plugging them in as areas on this location called Battle World. And one of such locations is the universe where Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson get married and have a child, which is the One More Day storyline that was then immediately retconned, because nobody can be happy and get married like Batwoman, we saw how that worked out when they tried to make her married and happy, and Superman, 
he was married for a while too and had a kid and where's where's that at just gone nobody knows doesn't exist uh this book while it had a pair of monstrous double-paged fold-outs for all the other different Secret Wars Battle World tie-ins and things. Uh, still not as bad as the badly photoshopped Nick Lachey pimping Twix for DC ads. In spite of that, it was still packed with a lot of really interesting Spider-Man story, uh, along with an introduction of a new or unknown to me, like the ghost character from the Parker Industries storyline of the main series, um, in the character called Regent. It was somebody I'd never heard of. Maybe it is somebody that I just don't know. Um, but along with that, we also get some great tried-and-true Spider-Man punch-em-up story fights with the um, Venom Brock, who, if you've watched the animated series or had any exposure to any of those terrible Tobey Maguire movies... You know who Venom is. I really like this book, and maybe it spoke to me more because I'm a dad, and as a dad, any story about a father who's, you know, going out of his way, even if he is a superhero, to do what's best for his family will always kind of tug at my heartstrings. I, I like the way this book looked and felt. Um, I have never had anything but positive things to say about Dan Slott and his writing. Um, and all of the Cuberts, fathers and sons, have great, unique art styles. So I don't really have anything negative to say about this book, except to say that I don't want to have to wait to see what happens next. Uh, also, you know, uh, Secret Wars in three issues and with a handful of tie-ins. I've only read a couple more tie-ins for Secret Wars than I did for all of Convergence has done more already in maintaining my interest than Convergence had done the whole way through and with everything it did. So already this series, this event book, seems to be sort of something that maybe other, other people who shall remain nameless could look at and see how to do things well. Another one is Swords of Sorrow uh, by Gail Simone at Dynamite Comics has been great so far. Two books, handful of tie-ins, really has a unified story and is starting to build something with its first opening arc, which is great, and that's what you would expect. Um, with DC, you know, sorry Jim and Eric, hopefully uh, the new Dark Side War uh, that's coming for Justice League can kind of help right the ship and redeem things. Uh, a little bit there, but I'm not going to hold my breath there, guys. As a relative newcomer to Spider-Man, uh, as an FYI, I started reading with Spider-Man 700 and reading in uh, Superior Spider-Man. I haven't um, really had much of a lengthy exposure to it uh, and, you know, have really liked all that the Spider-Verse, well, see where Dan Slott got the idea for that event came from now, just, just came to me as I was saying it. Um, where all of that has so much to offer, and that this seems like a fun story, and it's something that a lot of people can read. Um, it's teen, there's a lot of violence, and Venom seems to be pretty intent on trying to kill Peter Parker's baby, so this book may not be kid-friendly, but your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is definitely 
a character who is fun for the whole family, which is great. The main series has been a lot of fun, and my two-and-a-half-year-old really likes flipping through and looking at the book, and it just look and looks and feels fun. Whereas, you know, a lot of times some other books don't really have that, and it's not as um, not as exciting. And I'm sure um, Jim and Eric will mention it, but I really did like the first issue for uh, DC Comics Omega Men. Um, I read the eight-page eight digital preview. I thought it looked cool, so I picked up the first issue. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it really feels different from a lot of what I had been reading at DC and it set it up, uh, set itself apart from the, a lot of the more of the same books that I had gotten, where I felt like Batman Beyond didn't really blaze any new ground, didn't thrill me. Um, and also, I have just finished reading the first volumes of Why the Last Man and Transmetropolitan, which were both great older, um, like early 2000s. Um, comic books, so if you haven't read those, definitely check those out. And I finally got around to reading Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum for the first time, which is a weird, dark, twisted, freaky book. It was Grant Morrison's first attempt at uh, you know, a major title for DC, and we all know how bat-crap crazy that guy is, pun intended, since it's a Batman book. But it was really fun to read. There's a lot of different stuff in each of those titles, so I would definitely recommend checking any and all of those out if you haven't already. As always, you can find my written reviews at tumblr.brightestdaycare.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at BDC Comics, and I have pages on Facebook and Google Plus as well. And uh, until next time, I will see you on the other side. All right, we're back, and we're going to get right into the next wave of books. And the first one that I'm going to have here is Midnighter Number 1, written by Steve Orlando with art by Aiko, Hugo Petrus, and Romulo Fajardo. Yeah? Yeah. Rom- Romulo. Don't try. Don't, I think no. it's Romulo. Romulo Fajardo. I don't like the Junior. Romulans. Romulo. I know, the Romulans. I, I really don't care, Eric, because I don't like Star Trek, so you take that. You're a communist. You take that, Eric, right in the kisser. And you know what you should do, probably? Come up and see me sometime. Uh. Midnighter was one of those books that after reading the first time, I didn't know what the hell to think. Then I read it again, and I still didn't know. But on my third reading, I really liked it. With all the -the over-the-top action going on, it was really a study of a character that walks a thin line between the good and the bad, and possibly the ugly. I'm adding (laughs) that in. Did Did I mention, Eric, that Midnighter is openly gay? And you know what? This book no. doesn't shy away from it at all. No. Why would well, it? Some people probably have an issue. I do not. Well, there was one bit that really bothered me. Steve Orlando's take on the character in his world has me excited for what's to come. Uh, yeah, this um, issue, the first day, I, I read this on Wednesday. I didn't yes. go to work on Wednesday. It was early. And usually when um, I'm reading books, you're doing it as well. And this would have been one of those that I would have sent you a message right away like, I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> because I, I was looking forward to this book. Now, I don't have a huge Midnighter uh, history. Neither do I. Uh, but I do have – I did 
read uh, Stormwatch, but only the like uh, what the last third of that run. Yeah, uh, I jumped on there, and I, I kind of went back and read. But again, that was different. But this Midnighter definitely. If you've read Grayson, when he showed up in Grayson, uh, it does give you a little head start for people who haven't done that because it explains a lot of things. Uh, in Grayson, you got that God Garden and the Gardener. Right. And that's actually uh, Midnighter and um, Dick Grayson actually fought there at Grayson. And uh, you've got the idea they, that Midnighter's a, a ass kicker. He's really good. Yeah. The, the problem is, though – is that when I first read it, it opens up and uh, the gardener gets attacked and they make it very ambiguous of who that is. Uh, and I thought it was Midnighter. <laughs> and in fact, the way that went down in Grayson, I don't even know that that would have been something that would have been fully out of, you know, the ordinary. Like it wouldn't have made that much – it wouldn't have uh, – I wouldn't have thought it was wrong if that was the case, right. but it, it doesn't end up being that. But then all of a sudden you go and he's eating dinner. Uh, and he, the, while they're in the dinner, they get attacked by this terrorist group. Uh, Midnighter all of a sudden he has his helmet on. I, I like the way Steve Orlando does a really good job of telling you and showing you Midnighter's abilities through this issue. Right. Um, but because of that, not much happens in the issue really. I mean, there there is some action scenes. Uh, he has a little downtime in this bar. With his buddy Tony, which actually to me was the best part of the book. I really, that was the best part. I really like that interplay with them, and I hope that that's something like you said with uh, how you like Darlene right. in the Green Lantern. I really like that this is a guy who knows Midnighter's past, and he can go and kind of have some downtime and discuss things, joke around a little. Um, but then you get to the part, then he he meets this guy or he's dating this guy. I don't know. It, it seems like this guy's through the deal, but and they have their their passionate love. And this is an adult book, Eric. Apparently. Um, but again, even that, uh, I know that he, he, I I don't know. Steve Orlando put that in maybe just to get it out of the way. It, it seemed odd that what, this. What the fucking? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean. It's was it there just to say, hey, I'm gonna do it and and take hey, that. Possibly to show another side of Midnighter's passionate side. That's maybe. not the ass kickery. Yeah, maybe it just would be odd that again. I, I say that, but in in other books, like uh, I'll be doing a little bit of a, a Lobo review, and Lobo they always have him doing the uh, the love making, the nasty. And, but it's always to. Uh, I don't know. It's never to show any side of him except that he's like a, a jerk. Well, he was, it was also probably used as a plot device for new readers so they could see, like, they this guy is new to Midnighter, and Midnighter's showing him what he does, what he has. Yeah, well, it is. So yeah, you're he's, right. He's, he's us in this. Midnighter's making passionate love to us. Yeah. Oh, is he? I yes. wish he was. He's, he, and he but is. I'm telling you, you were talking about <laughs> you were talking about this book. I did not read a lot of Grayson. I've only started reading Grayson since we did the podcast mm-hmm. and started talking on here. I have no background with Midnighter, so this book was not a good jumping on point yeah, for me. Oh, because no, it isn't at all. I was so confused. I had no idea what the gardener was, what that place was, and then we jumped to them, like Midnighter and his new boyfriend having dinner, and this terrorist group, who I'm still not positive weren't aliens, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, it was very odd. Again, um, not only the garden, the, the god garden and the gardener, um, this book really had a feel of uh, the Grayson book. Now, again, it's Tom King. 
Right. Oh, no, this is Steve Orlando. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Steve uh, I thought you meant Grayson. No, no, but uh, uh, Tom King did Omega Men, but uh, I got it mixed up. But uh, it really does have that feel of Grayson where you get a lot of cold opens. You get a lot of uh, things. Yeah. And uh, I think Steve Orlando, what he's going to do is use this first arc that each issue, you're going to learn a little more about uh, Midnight or what he can do and stuff like that. And in the meantime, uh, the cliffhanger is a guy that from the beginning who actually stole – the origin files of Midnighter. He right. he got his mind wiped. He doesn't know his past. This guy has those files. Now, again, I, I don't know. To me, this goes back to uh, Telos with his name. Right, I, Chuck. I, I don't care. Now, again, you could say, oh, if he has his origin files, then he knows his parents, and he could kill them. You know what? Who cares? He doesn't yeah. remember them. What, what would matter? It's along the lines of them using that whole plot device for Wolverine for so long that he had his mind wiped so many yeah, times he yeah. has no idea what's real, what's yeah. not. And then when you finally find out what his real name is, it's a big deal. But yeah, yeah. Midnighter is not Wolverine. No, no. And again, it, it's odd. Uh, did you like that part where in the morning after they had their passionate love, Megan, he right. goes up and hits the guy with that smart mark? Uh, <laughs> like that, Midnighter uh, is a psychopath. Oh, my God. Why did he do that? Because it's so, so odd. Now that you're a part of my world, you need if you need to, if you see anything out of the ordinary, you can call me with this weird ass like holographic GPS. Yeah. I just stabbed you in the neck with. You know what? You I, are coming on yeah, way too fucking strong. He says that, and you know what I get? I get it's the opposite that he says that, but he's almost like, hey, you go and tell anybody. I know where you are. <laughs> I really got that idea because the guy's like, you're GPSing me. You're like, yeah, you say one thing and you're dead, buddy. See, I, I didn't even get any of that idea. It was more along I, I'm the lines just in of, my head I made it I'm, up. No, no in, my, in my mind, it's along the lines of he's the jealous type, and if I find you Ooh. at anybody else's house, I know where you're yeah, at. I you're, will kill you're you. You're done. Yeah, Don't fuck with breakfast. me. And then, uh, again, you know what else it seemed to me for is to be away in two seconds after that for uh, the gardener to call him because yeah. you can track him. And it's so odd, too, in that there. And also, you know what I get to? What don't you talk about with, like, your new lover? What, what do you usually avoid talking about? Past relationships. Yeah, and that's all he does. He's like, oh, yeah, he, Apollo was my He paints my a beautiful one. picture of Apollo. <laughs> He's like, Apollo was my number one. But the, oh, the, man. the real thing this book made me realize is I'd rather have an Apollo book. You love this book. I did not like yeah, it at all. I, because I, I really liked it. I spent the majority of it confused, and the panel layout was crazy, and I had trouble figuring out what was going on in a single yeah. page. Again, this is now I, I mentioned uh, a Mega Man by accident earlier, but this has a very similar uh, feel to me where – they're they're throwing you into these stories and they don't they're not gonna hold your hand. No, you're gonna have to figure out stuff. Like I said, anybody who reads uh, Grayson is gonna have a little bit of a head start uh, with this book because, like I said, he was in Grayson. This guy, yeah, it's Garden obviously a spinoff. And um, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna have a little bit, but uh, I don't have much Midnighter uh, history other than that. I I really liked it. I really really liked Echo's art. But we mentioned it while we were off uh, the air. Uh, I didn't like his panel layout. It was more confusing than it needed to be. And again, you have an issue where it's a number one issue. Uh, I'm more of the the type that I want to know what's going on. Then you get fancy. <laughs> Save the fancy for issue number four. Uh, <laughs> issue number one, I want to know. And, and the, the writing in this is a little confusing. But yes. then the panel layout really, really is confusing. And like you said, the... Um, the X-ray parts are even there thrown in, and it, it really, really reminded me of Andrea Sorrentino's art, uh, especially when I did uh, Green Arrow. Right. That, that you hated. I loved Ar Andrea Sorrentino's art, and it was one of those I can't things do that it. at the beginning, 
I have to admit, it was it was confusing. Once you get your head wrapped around it and get to it, uh, it became better. And I hope that if Aiko keeps this panel ale, which I assume he will, if it is a he, I'm assuming it's a he, but uh, yeah, I'll start getting used to it a little better. And even at that part, did you see that part where uh, he kills the person with the bone marrow? Nope. Yeah, it, it's again, it was mentioned on the site. Um, I, saw, I saw it. I looked for it. I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, I, I forget who. I wish I could remember who. And now I feel bad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's right there. And now I know. And even when he said it, I was like, I don't know. And I went back and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. He does. And it's because it's it's a very confusing. But to the eye, it looks great. It looks really cool. Everything pops out. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, not much happens in this issue. Uh, yeah. it, basically, you could have taken out that whole middle part, and you have the whole story is uh, that first couple pages, first couple panels, and then the last one where you realize that his identity, his former identity or his real identity has been stolen. All I want is the middle part and the ending. I want to get rid of the entire rest of it. Actually, you know why? I, I just thought, you know why I think this this resonated with me, this issue? Because I got a letter this uh, week that my identity was stolen. <laughs> I just thought of that. The freaking IRS. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there heard that story that the IRS had a hacking incident where people stole, uh, I guess Russians is what they said, stole a bunch of people's identities from their tax refund. Yeah, mine was one of them. So I'm done. <laughs> And my whole family, they have all my info. Uh, I'm done, Eric. Me and Midnighter. i got to check my mail, see if I was one of them. Uh, all I know is I'm going to get a Midnighter suit on, which I can't put on Lickety Split like he does. Uh, <laughs> and then i got to find some dude. I think the guy's name was like Tony or something. No, Tony was the bartender. I think the, uh, Jason, I think this guy's name was. I'll find Jason, and then I'll go find the people that did my identity. <laughs> Me, Midnighter, and Liam Neeson, Eric. Uh, we're we're on the prowl. I give this a nine point five out of ten. I really really liked it. I think I would have given it a five out of ten. You are the devil. I didn't like the issue. I was confused the entire thing. Why would I give it a high ass score? I, I know, and well, that's why I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Our next book is Batman Beyond Number One, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Maiello. Tim Drake's in a brave new world where everything we thought we knew about Batman Beyond's home is drastically different. While time has changed from the events of Future's End, it hasn't changed enough, and now it's up to Tim to stop Brother Eye once and for all, and maybe get reacquainted with some old friends along the way. That's right, we meet an aged Barbara Gordon who prevents Tim from getting his head popped off like a dandelion. I really enjoyed this first issue, even though I wasn't looking forward to going in because of the non-ending of Future's End. Mm Mm-hmm. But I had a good time going into this because I actually, uh, since that Future Zen ending during Convergence, I thought about it for a while, is that we have all these handles and, like, I'm a stickler for continuity. I drive myself crazy with it for horror movies to comics to whatever. We have a brave new world here, like I said. And Dan Jurgens, for the most part, can rewrite anything he wants and just give us a story with no, like, con- like no continuity, like, holding going on. You know, we yeah. can't be held by this anymore. I'm afraid, though. Because on the cover, we have Batman Beyond. We have what looks it looks like a cross between Neo Gotham, Commandi, the Atomic Knights, and uh, what else we got? I have a freaking list, and I can't even find it now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. You got uh, yeah, you got and Future's End, and Future's yeah, End, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, you have uh, is that uh, Superman Beyond? Yeah, or that's is Superman that the Beyond. Justice Lord Superman. I no, can't, that's, that's, that's that's Superman Beyond. Okay. Yeah, you have everything. You have uh, what appears at the one point to be the Justice League Beyond, I forget his name, the Green Lantern. 
the yeah, uh, the screenwriter. The, I don't remember either. I forget his name, but yeah, you have all those, which is odd from what happens in the issue. Oh yeah, this is just like I'm saying. There's nothing in the issue that really represents the cover, but with all those people on the cover, I like that. I have to think that this world is made up of these things somehow. Yeah, yeah. Due to what Tim did when he went back in time to change the future, but didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's very odd, and especially because the preview for this book was pretty much we're gonna know that he's gonna defeat Brother Eye. Like what, the first six issues or four issues? Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy ass extended, like not even preview. It was a solicit. Yeah. And uh, then we're moving on to another story, bringing back the Justice League Beyond. It was, it was the craziest ass solicit I've ever read because most of them are really ambiguous. This one, oh, this is going to happen here, here, and here, and then we're going to move on. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, it was a weird thing. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do to bring back the Justice League, though, uh, because uh, I know that you mentioned it. I hadn't read it, and then I read it today, and they specifically say that everyone is dead or turned. Yes. I think they're wrong, though, because at the one point um, – like, the whole issue is just getting acclimated to this new world. Yeah. Uh, we have this whole concept idea, which is very convenient, I think, where Gotham is protected by a, a cloaking device called yeah. the Veil. Yeah, it's very And nice. this, this is one of the things that are different from the original Future's End continuity, where since whatever Tim did, now they have this cloaking device, Gotham is safe. And the Joker gang figures Gotham's not that cool to be saved, but anybody else isn't. So they're going to disable the uh, dis, uh, disconnect the Veil. Yeah. And Batman Beyond's there to stop him, thankfully. And we just get a little things like that to let us cue us in on what's a bit different. Uh, the Alfred, the AI, is telling us how he's trying to collect data like Johnny Five so he can reconfigure his freaking uh, timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and confused. Then, he wants to figure out what the hell's going on. And then we just move on. We get some exposition from uh, Matt McGinnis, Terry's mm-hmm. brother, and his guardian, Nora, about how Terry's friends were at this place called The Lodge in New York where a lot of people have been taken. Yep. So Terry's on a quest now. He's going to go like and help, you know, like, ah, uh, Terry's dead. I'm alive. I better go help his yeah, friends. I don't, I don't trust Matt, by the way. He's oh, gonna, Matt is a jealous little uh, He's going to do something really bad. He's going to turn him in to brother. He's going to do something. He wants that suitor. Yeah. What the he hell, is man? So angry. That's like the weirdest thing when he, when, uh, T- uh, Tim flies away and he's like, that suit should have been mine. Oh, I'm freaking. I'm telling you, I sat back and I'm like, "You jealous little asshole! Yeah, yeah. You leave Tim alone." Um, That's I, my Robin. Uh, did you like when he goes to New York? Did you like that little commandy shout out with the? Yeah, we got the great the, disaster. You know thing what? I, going you know on. what would have made this issue better? Cute little commandy flying around with Superman. I better not see commandy <laughs> in this book. It'll aggravate me <laughs> so Kamandi. goddamn bad. Oh uh, my god! You love that commandy. I love that commandy. But now you're talking about how everybody's been. Killed or turned. And yes. even in this, we see that there's a borged out Brother Eye Superman oh, that yeah, he has and, to fight. And you know what? In all these <laughs> other issues and all these things that they've done, um, this might be the best looking uh, turn oh, yeah. it superhero of all. I, I think it looked uh, – actually, before we even go on, this whole issue looked great. It was such a good looking issue. I, I have one problem, though, with the, the way the look is. I really dig the look for this type of story, this yeah. like, Batman Beyond story. But because of Bernard Chang's art, like style of art, yeah. I don't think Marcelo Maialo gets a chance to really shine because he has to like you know play to this style that Bernard wants. Yeah, well, again, they they did the they did uh, just our uh, Green Lantern Corps together, so they they obviously work together a lot. I know, I'm saying, but uh, I have loved Marcelo Maialo. He's one of the best yeah. colors DC well, again, has. Well, I, I think you get the idea where you you have a post-apocalyptic book. You, you're going to have to go a little drab on the colors. You can't make everything look, you know, spectacular. Well, the one There's one panel that stood out in my mind, something fierce. I even had to put it in my review just because it was awesome, where we had that close-up of that one Joker girl's face. Oh, yeah. It, that color really pops good. so yeah. good. 
but the rest is just really just kind of toned down colors. Yeah, I'm going I'm going through this. I knew you were going to say about the toned down. That's why I said that. But again, when when he gets the chance, then yeah, there's that pitch. She's turning, and you see her face, and it's it's so good. I just wish there was more opportunity to have stuff like that. Uh, but I, for the most part, I dig the art. I think it works what's really with well. With those for this. two, with those like every eight panels has to be that red. Uh, I don't know. They that's, did that's that in style. Court. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I usually a person takes their style to another book but that's like that's so unique that in my mind that it, that's a big thing for the core book right. now and now they've just brought that over here it's like their new toy <laughs> but yeah even the the colors even though they are a little washed out but when you see the statue of liberty you know i, I really really liked it but yeah you, you can't have uh it be that that colorful and and pop out like that in this type of world Though right. when uh, when he electrocutes uh, Superman, it's pretty goddamn good looking. But yeah, I'm glad we got back to that because we were talking to, like uh, the whole point I've been trying to make that I keep getting sidetracked on is that in the one scene when Batman Beyond is looking in this lodge, this compound where a bunch of people are being held, mm-hmm. he he like enhances his vision and we see somebody and it looked to me to be Batman. I mean Superman Beyond. And then he gets attacked by the borged out Superman, which the Alfred AI says, I believe this, like uh, every test I'm running says that this is Superman. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a Superman beyond all the other ones are still there, but somehow they were cloned and their DNA was turned into these Borg monsters. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be a change that we're going to see in future issues where we find out that these characters are still, well, for the most part, maybe some are dead, but for the most part, they're still there. Well, it's cool. And then uh, how does it end? Oh God, friggin' uh, Ter- Terry McGinnis, uh, Terry McGinnis, not even Tim Drake has to use this EMP to blast this borged out Superman off him, which actually shuts down his suit as well. Yeah. So he figures he'll go incognito into this lodge. It's a really bad plan, by the way. Very bad. <laughs> He's gonna just walk into prison with with nothing. No, that's that, so weird. But as soon as he walks in, it turns out the new fish have to give up all the tech they get. And luckily, yeah. Barbara Gordon's there and recognizes Tim's young that's... face and says, "Hey, I know this guy. Let him go." Yep, it's old ass Barbara Gordon. She's like Barbara, Barbara Gordon. But no, for the most part, I'm really looking forward to this series, yeah. except for the exceptions. I don't want the Atomic Knights. I don't want freaking the Great Disaster commodity stuff because I really don't like those stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. I'm telling you, if we could just get back to the normal, like, it's going to be hard since all this Brother Eye shit's been going on for so long to get back to our normal, like, kind of status quo. Yeah. But we can do anything we want from this point on. Well, again, it, it is odd, and but I really, really uh, like this issue. It, it actually shocked me how much I liked it because I am a big Batman Beyond fan. Yes. Uh, and I thought, oh, this. And even the art style, which is that almost, like, it's not realistic. It's obviously, but it's not the cartoony style that of the Batman Beyond, but man, uh, those Jokers looked awesome. Yeah, uh, and I think everything looked really good. And like you said, I know that you didn't like Marcelo Maiello's like he was handcuffed. I, yeah. I still think that everything he did looked great. But man, I don't trust that Matt. That guy, that guy's, <laughs> up, that guy's up to no good. At one point, he's like there, and he's he's got his pad. I, I'm assuming it's the Q pad, Eric. And he's there, and he has the most evil look. And he's looking at at freaking Tim. Oh my goodness! I th- I still think he thinks Tim killed his brother and stole the suit. Yeah, I I just think he's jealous and he he wants the suit and he's gonna try anything. He's gonna he's gonna try to turn him in. He, he better thing. watch his back. You were you were reviewing all the Batman uh, Beyond 2.0s and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. I did not read any of those books. Like my love for Batman Beyond comes straight from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. 
And it's so hard for me because my entire – like, you know, everything I know of Matt McGinnis, yeah. he's a sweet little kid. Yeah. He's just a sweet little kid. And then seeing him like this is such – and he's gone through hell. Yeah. Like, brother I, his entire family is yeah, dead. Yeah, his whole family's dead. They're but dead, Eric, I, just like hard. today are our fathers. Their birthdays. <laughs> Happy birthday, their Daddy. <laughs> oh but no, God. it's just hard for me to see him like this. But I, I enjoyed the first issue of this book. I can't wait to see more. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I probably would have given an 8.5. The only thing that I want to know is what – did Terry not t- – did he tell everybody his identity? Uh, no, I, Tim, Tim. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean Terry. Oh, that, that oh. Everybody knows. Like, You would think that Terry wouldn't have told all these people. He, Tim comes back, and they're like, oh, man, I want my brother's suit. Did, did Terry just go around telling everybody that he was Batman? I'm brother, possibly. And, I don't you know. know Tim just, and Tim's willy-nilly with it himself. Tim is really willy-nilly with it. <laughs> yeah, he's just following suit. Yeah, I would have given it like an 8.5, something right there. Uh, my next book is a Mega Men, number one, another number one issue, Eric. Number one. We're number, number one. one. Uh, written by Tom King, art by Barnaby Bagenda and awesome. Romulo Fajardo. <laughs> Romulo is back. You still don't like the Romulans, do you? Hate the Romulans. You hate those Romulans. Well, and Tom, the Remans. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Tom <laughs> King gives us a number one issue that is more about mood and setting than anything else. Sure, we get to see the Omega Men in action, but after finishing the issue, I can't say I'm an expert on the team. However, I want to know more. This universe feels lived in, real, and very dangerous. Plus, I hate to say I told you so. You know, I don't hate to say that, right? No, not at all. Kyle Rayner is alive. You live for that shit. And somewhat well. Kyle Rayner is alive and somewhat well. He seems a little out of it. Uh, That's the best part of the book to me. Kyle Rayner's still alive. I'll tell you, uh, this book is another weird one. I have a feeling that you didn't really like it. Nope. I really liked it a lot. And uh, mainly it was because of the mood that it gives. Uh, You don't – it's another one of these where they're not – Tom King is not going to come out – and say, hey, here's the uh, Omega Men. You know, we have Tigor and we have Primus, Scraps and Primus and Brute. And, you know, yeah. um, you're going to get it in little dribs and drabs in a story that is not very coherent to me. At all. Uh, the first time especially, I read it a bunch of times. It's not it, – it's hard to say. It's not a – good issue i agree it is a good issue because (laughs) the mood and the setting that i got i'm really intrigued i really want to know about this team i think that they're fun i mean how could a team with wally not be exciting eric because this book pretty much looks like wally it does i like to think johnny five myself the only uh, thing about this issue i you get the idea of like this is what you waited all this time where is the issue but again i read it again and i really i enjoy it despite not getting a lot maybe i gotta read it again but Uh, i'm telling you this book pretty much just came out directly and said to me you're my friend i'm not gonna hurt you yeah well that that's a good and i really like the way that starts and ends but again they they're like um hey we gotta get the bomb we gotta get the bomb and it ends up being kyle rayner yeah um why do you think those people had kyle rayner do you do you think that they were going to uh use him for something crazy well, he. Well, I'm saying though, he has the the power of the light of right. life. That in my mind is kind of like the alpha that everybody worships around the parts of the universe, wherever they're doing. Because I'm telling you, I can't get the full idea. Even that viceroy guy who looks like the sinister guy throughout the entire issue, who you have no idea about because yeah. they speak an alien I fucking know language the entire like issue. Uh, do you get the idea that that viceroy is uh, somebody who is obsessed 
with taking down the Omega Men. That's all I get because yes. he's there. He's got the Tigor uh, freaking little action figure. Looks like he has an Imagine X. Yeah. Well, I'm saying though, but um, in the one panel when he's p- first playing with that Tigor statue figure, mm-hmm. whatever he has, you see him wearing a ring re- like replica of the White Lantern ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but and it's very odd. And what the the thing now again? I really like this issue, and I I I, I can't. It's hard for me to explain. It's not like I can point to a thing. It's a mood that I get from it. And I, I really like this setting, this sci-fi setting, which we don't get a lot of in DC. And it, it feels the fuck like... fuck out of here. No, you don't. You, I don't do the Green Lantern book. Oh, well, you These don't. Are, yeah, okay. and even the Green Lantern stuff, is that's it. What else do you get that's really sci-fi? I had Stormwatch. Justice United. Yeah, but that's not really sci-fi. Bullshit! They spent not, the entire oh. issue in outer space. Yeah, but I'm not saying I'm saying like true, like a Star Wars type sci-fi. Like this, this to me is like a bloody Star Wars. You got a Lobo. You get a eh, yeah, I guess. And that's but again, Superman's that, an alien. Martian Manhunter's an alien. Hawkman's an alien. I'm not saying aliens. Sci-fi. Superman isn't sci-fi. There's no sci-fi about a Superman book. He is on Earth for the most part. He's an alien I'm on Earth. Talking. E.T. Sci-fi. No, that's not. That's not sci-fi. You're now. You're just being a fucking. <laughs> uh, but what I want to know is, in that sneak peek, you had the Omega Men. They mm-hmm. were announcing that they killed Kyle Rayner. ISIS style. It cut out ISIS style. What do you think happened from here to there? Because are you getting the idea that these this uh, Viceroy had Kyle Rayner and they were going to get him? Do you have the idea that they showed up there and were kind of? Bore, I, I don't get the idea of where Kyle Rayner went from when they had him to now, except that maybe they were detained and the, the Viceroy and these guys tried to capture the Omega Men because they had Kyle Rayner. And they believe they that they going, killed Kyle. I, this is what I don't understand in this issue is there's Kyle. He's in a trunk. Yeah. Who had him? The Omega Men. Okay, then why it just again it's it's just odd to me how they end up in the situation is what I'm saying. The, the situation... As far I'm saying though, as far as I understood from this really confusing fucking issue, the Viceroy and all those people that are hunting the Omega Man worship a being called yeah, Alpha, yeah, yeah. their god, they, which is the life bringer, which is Kyle, which Kyle Rayner. Exactly, the Omega Man broadcasts a thing where they're supposedly killed Kyle yep, Rayner. Everybody's that. after them now. They're hiding out. They're trying to move him along to some grand plan, calling him the bomb. And you think they're hiding out at this place, and then they're about to get attacked? Yes. And that's why they're running? But to me, if that was the case, I would have had a better plan for having Kyle around. It seemed like they're like, do you have the bomb? Do you have the bomb? Oh, my God, do you have it? Let's check. And it's it's just that seemed a little off to me. The whole book seemed off. Again, I, I liked it. I and it's more of an intriguing type of like that. I like the the look. I really like the art. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm saying you. the, the I really weird. Liked I, it. I did not care for the panel layouts. Man, I don't know. I'm looking at it now. It's pretty much one after the other. Yeah. There's not much. I, you know. It's not much going on in well, either panel. I don't mind that. I like that that it the panel layout at least isn't confusing. You have a lot of uh, six panel pages. Yeah. And Very then standard. you go with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm intrigued by the team. Um, I think I, I like how you're kind of getting I, – I actually like a book that shows you instead of telling you, and this right. is definitely that. They're not showing you a lot, but you're getting that. And then at the end with Kyle Rayner, it's like, holy crap, You know what are they planning with Kyle? And he's yeah. fucking mumbling about Carol. 
He's still that... going on about that. <laughs> like, give it up, buddy. She's moved on. She's now dating Guy Gardner. Uh, oh, God. Though, the only thing I will point out that I didn't like, that it ends with a quote from William James. And right. um, it would have been so much better with who, Eric? <laughs> the Duke of Wellington. If the Duke of Wellington had a quote at the end, I'm all in. And it was, uh, <laughs> publish and be damned, they, they yes. should have said. Uh, but, yeah, I actually gave it a 9 out of 10. I would have given it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, this is probably the, the most uh, off that we've been with reviews. Usually we're really on with each other yeah. what we'd give. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. It's a good thing that I got this and uh, Midnighter. Agreed. I really like it. But uh, now we're going to take a little break to do a new segment, Eric. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's called Flash Reviews. And All what right. we're going to do is, I told you, there's a lot of times that we just completely skip books that we don't like or uh, we don't get the review done yet. Uh, so I said, you know what? We're going to have to add those in. And we're going to with just a little bit of quick reviews for a couple books in a row. And it's called Flash Reviews, Eric. Flash. All right, first off, Eric, I have Injustice, year four, number five. Brian Bucciolato continues to struggle a bit as year four of Injustice continues. After Batman promised Superman to end the war, he has donned the cowl and is desperately trying to gather an army. Meanwhile, Barbara Gordon's meeting with Lex Luthor results in Oracle becoming Batgirl. While that was awesome, Bucciolato better amp up the quality of this book because it feels like he has lost its way. I gave that a six out of ten. Savior of the universe! And the next book I have is Batman Arkham Knight number 16. Eric, are you ready for some Arkham Knight action? Arkham Knight action. Arkham Knight action. Well, Peter J. Tomasi continues his Bane arc. And besides an awesome Bane origin story, he gives us the most Arkham Knight this book has ever seen. We still don't know who the Arkham Knight is, but with writing this good and awesome art by Iguara, I'm just happy to be along for the ride, and I gave that one a 9.5 out of 10. King of the Impossible! Green Arrow, number 41. Green Arrow turns dark as a vampire white supremacist is taking out the black man all over the city. But sadly, the new tone doesn't really fit, and we end up hearing more about how it rains in Seattle than about our actual hero. I was really bored throughout this book, and the drab colors didn't help matters either. Five out of ten. And my next book is Lobo number seven, which Eric, if you were bored by Green Arrow, I'm just as bored by Lobo because Cullen Bunn uses the two month convergence break to give us more of the same. Lobo was getting stale before convergence and it doesn't look like things are going to get any better or change at all. People are against the new Lobo, but it's the boring assassin of the month stories that I don't like. It looks like it will be now be contract of the month stories here on out. And the only thing that saved this issue was Cliff Richard's art. Yep, I said Cliff Richards. Yep, the guy I don't like. I can't explain why I don't like it, but his art really fit this book to a T. Uh, but in the end, it was meh, and I gave it a 5 out of 10. King of the Impossible! And the final Flash review is Wonder Woman Annual Number 1. This annual ends the Finch's war-torn story, and it felt like it came out too late, but also felt rushed. It's very odd. The alien story that nobody cared about ends with a confusing whimper, and Donna Troy is just defeated and sent to Olympus jail. You don't even get to see it, and they just tell you. Because the story is wrapped up too soon, we get another story about Derano. Uh, you know Derano, Eric? I have no idea. No, Derano is the old crone that's against Wonder Woman. And you know what? It's all filler. You know what else is all filler? What's that? Hot dogs. 
And you know what hot dogs are? Delicious. They are delicious. But you know what? This filler in Wonder Woman, it left a bad taste in my mouth. You know what the best type of hot dog is? It's one with ketchup, Eric. That leaves a delicious taste in your mouth. But hopefully Meredith can catch up to her husband's art, which is awesome. And this book can get back to previous glory. But I won't be around because, Eric, you're going to take over this book. Yes, the next I am. issue and uh, good riddance. I gave it a <laughs> 6.5 out of 10. All right, Eric, what did you think about that Flash review segment? We did one. It was too quick. It was very quick. See, we, we should do that for every book. We'll just do that. The podcast then could be 20 minutes. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, the funny thing is, is the music of uh, the movie Flash. I think people would say, like, hey, you guys are DC. Why didn't you use the Flash? But I don't know. What would be the Flash's music? Flash dance. Flash dance. That would be good. Yeah, maybe next time we'll do that, though. Flash Reviews is, is kind of a lame name, but we're going to stick with it. You know why? Because we like Flash Gordon. And we're also lazy to come up with anything. <laughs> All right, so we're going to finish up the books. We have two more, and we kept these to the last, uh, not because they sucked, Eric, because I really liked mine. Uh, it's because they kind of go together, right? Yes. You think they go together. Mine is so. Bizarro. Bizarro number one, written by Heath Corson, art by Gustavo Duarte, Bill Senkovitz, and Pete Pen- Pentazis. 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 Ah, yes. This may be called Bizarro, but to me it's more of a Jimmy Olsen book more than anything else, and I thought it was awesome. Heath Corson gives readers a combination of plane, trains, and automobiles, Mars attacks, yeah. and Rain Man, and I loved every bit of it, Eric. Every page may not be laugh-out-loud funny, but I had a smile on my face on the first leg of this road trip to Canada, or excuse me, Bizarro America. Gustavo Duarte's art is cartoony goodness, and Bill Senkovich draws one of the best full pages I've seen in a while. This is a great start to the six-issue mini, and I can't wait for the other five. Do you know that uh, Bill Senkovich, uh, what his page was? No. That one where... uh, Where he's dreaming? Yeah. Yeah, that was badass. That looked like it would have been like a Grateful Dead poster, like a tour poster. I hate the Grateful Dead, but I love that panel. Looked like a Vertigo cover to me. Oh, Vertigo cover, did you? Huh? Yeah. How about a Vertigo cover I punch you right in the face? How about that? Know. Do you I, like I, that, huh? You like that, buddy? It's not enough hate tonight. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what it reminded me of? When Pizarro in this issue, they're in on the road trip, and it reminded me it would be me with that hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, how much uh, uh, ketchup and mustard is on that hamburger? I want to know. It's like, I, I, I'm, at, I'm saying the burrito. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, it looks like he's eating a hamburger. No, no, I'm saying, but oh. when you had the burrito, and oh, you, had, yeah. oh, you got God. the bomb from 7-Eleven, and you were trying, trying to eat, eat it. it while I was driving, and it was like, <laughs> oh, oh, it was the worst. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't do that, my new car. I can't do this. Speaking of, I got a new car this week. You know that. Yes, I, I wanted do. to bring it up. I was going to bring it up in Reggie's mail because Reggie had sent us a thing, and I had talked where I hate when people have – shirts and hats of, of teams or something where yeah. they're not a fan well i go to get a car in fact i went to get my car inspected and it was one of those uh situations where you go and you know how much your car's worth and yeah. the inspection's going to be three times that <laughs> so i mean the inspection was going to be so awful that i ended up getting a new car which i i almost said to myself that those days were over i was going to go use but i said the hell with it we did it and plus my identity stolen eric so the hell with it i'm just going to go for it <laughs> uh but i i sit down now this guy i go in and you cannot have somebody who's 
going to get a car no matter what. We went in to get a car. We told them that. We picked out a car. We want that. They keep trying to push all these other cars, you know, do their deal. So we sit down, and the guy has those pop vinyl figures. Yeah. He has three of them. All, uh, well, he has four. One is a Sons of Anarchy one, but that was kind of separate. But the three were together. They were all of the Big Lebowski. Right. They had the dude. They had, uh, what's his name? I always forget. Uh, uh, John Goodman's character. And then they have, like, the Bowling Jesus. Uh, John Turturro, I guess, <laughs> is the, his character. Uh, so Don't fuck with the Jesus. And uh, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I'm sitting there. And, and it was real uncomfortable because this guy, this young guy, he, he just, I don't know. He just wanted to talk because in my mind everything that he did he was doing because he was supposed to do it like the <laughs> the, the older slick guys and also i hate used i hate that it wasn't used car sales. it's a used car it's a car salesman i hate that you go in and my wife even mentioned she's like why do all these guys have that same look and they all had like the slick back hair and the fake tan uh, it's just odd uh, but this guy must have been uh, thinking, oh, I'm supposed to small talk now. So he, he starts with this crazy talk. And it's like, so, like I said to you, so do you do things? No. You like stuff? They, they, I, I don't like things. I, I'm, more, I like I'm, a, things. I'm a stuff man. No, but he has these things. I'm like, oh, fan of the Big Lebowski. And he looks at me and he goes, no, why? <laughs> like it's what you get, man. Never talk to people. I like, warned oh, you. No, no, they're just, they're just there just to, to – I forget what he said. I was so angry. And then they kept freaking stringing me along, and finally I said, I'm going to go have lunch. And then I yelled at him. I went out, and I said, I'm going to go back and yell at these guys. <laughs> it was so odd. They like, we're going to go do the financing, and tell us where you want to be in the payments and all this. So we tell them all, and it was so easy. You just go and figure it out and tell me. And they, they kept, oh, my God, it was the worst. Kept jerking you off. Uh, yes. I don't even know. Why. Oh, uh, that from the, the car. Well, Jimmy and Bizarro are on a road trip to to Canada. Uh, do you think they're ever going to make it? Because I don't think they will. No, absolutely uh, not. What I did like about this, though, is not only did, um, Dan Jurgens Is it Dan? No, I'm not Dan Jurgens. Uh, Heath Corson. He gives you a little uh, rundown of what was in the sneak peek as well. You get yeah. a little of that. You get Superman sending him off. You get, I got you a little get angry Superman. at first. Again. They're just going to reuse this? Those motherfuckers. I know, but I like that, you know, you can't Thing. Not everybody saw that, so you have to have that set up. Some of those other ones were just kind of asides. That set it up. The reason he went was because of Superman telling him to. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that this is a book where Jimmy is supposed to be the responsible guy. And he's trying to get Bizarro in, in play. And I really think that it, they play off well together. Um, you also get the origin of the Chupacabra, Colin. I like, like that. that a bit. I, I like that. And also then you get this side story of like these X File guys on the are they they're after the they're after Colin, I would think, correct? No, though what I understood is they were after Bizarro. I thought they were too, but I, I have a feeling because then well then you get the uh the aliens that look like they are part of uh a Colin's uh deal that are doing the uh the mind reading or the, the crazy things with King Tut. See, the thing is, I didn't get that idea of that. They were just some random aliens that were going to, like, um, just random gray aliens that were there to fuck with people. No, no, I, I have a feeling that they have something with that. I don't think that's actually the Chupacabra. I think that is an alien that uh, – because when they take it off, he kind of looks like them. Now, they are gray and whatever, but even so, it just seems a lot. It's weird, though, because at one point it seems like Colin just disappears. <laughs> Yeah, he's in the book, and then and then he goes away. Uh, I really, there's not a lot to say about this book. If you no. like, yeah, it's going to be one of those where you said you didn't really like it. 
I did not. I, I, I like the art style going for it. It like, really works for it. I don't I – I usually – I have such problems reading Bizarro talk. Yeah. My mind just doesn't want to wrap around it. I end up reading things over and over again just to wrap my head around it, and it pisses me off. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know – there's not much going on here. I, well, there isn't. But again, I think it's just a lot of hijinks in there. Yeah, six but, issue mini. They're gonna next uh, next issue. They're gonna end up uh, who knows where Gotham. I don't know. They're heading off to uh, to Canada, but they they end up. This is in Smallville. The only thing I I didn't like about that is you didn't really get an idea they're in Smallville. I didn't until the end. I had no idea they were yeah, in Smallville. The, entire issue. The weird thing is when remember when they crashed and then. Uh, they show uh, people uh, beeping at Jimmy, and then you realize that Bizarro's carrying them. Right. Uh, that thing that the, the issue's name, Welcome to Smallville. And there's oh, I didn't a, even take notice. Yeah, there's a, a thing. I didn't realize it at first either. I saw it on the way back. But, yeah, you didn't really get the idea that they are in Smallville. There's that weird used car salesman guy, King, King Tut. Tut, and yeah. his daughter that Jimmy kind of likes. Now, one thing, I really, really, really liked the panel where they're, they're haggling. Because they don't really show it, but they show that there were, there's word bubbles that are intertwined, and then you see an over-the-top arm wrestling going, coming from their mouth. Do you remember yeah, that panel? Yeah. I really like that idea of, like, yeah, they're haggling right there. And I thought that was really neat, the way they spelled it out. Uh, I like Bizarro. I've, I'm a real big Bizarro fan. I don't mind Bizarro talk. I like I, the clone I Bizarro. Um, I, yeah, that nonsense. What, from Forever Evil, that clone Bizarro? Not just from Forever Evil. It's a dual per- like you yeah, know there are like, dual Bizarros. Yeah, I don't like the clone Bizarro. I like the Bizarro. Uh, but again, I I think that it's going to be a fun little road trip. It's a six issue mini. I liked it. I like I said, it's not laugh out loud funny, um, but I I smiled the whole time. I said they're I, smiling, Eric. I'm saying besides for the Bizarro talk though, I just had trouble with the dialogue in general. It just came off so forced. Merlin, I I, I don't know. I just could not get into this issue. I wanted to because I thought it was going to be fun. Yeah, but I was not happy when I was done reading it. No, well, I give it a nine point three out of ten. It's it's getting pretty good reviews overall. Yeah. Uh, I I like Bizarro. I like this Bizarro. I like fun. I like these sort of books. I hope we get more of these yeah. after this uh, six issue is done. They're I fun hope little that, breaks. I hope there's going to be uh, one or two of these books uh, at all times. Right. And not everything has to be freaking Justice League where you have to you know. Uh, the whole freaking universe is on the on the line. This is just Agreed. fun stuff. Uh, like I said, I gave it a 9.3 out of 10. I think I would have given it a 6.5. Mm, you and your 6.5. Yeah, me and my 6.5. Boop, doop, doop. Our next book is along the lines of Bizarro. It's Batmite number one, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Corin Howe, Andres Ponce, and Mike Atea. Atea, I think. Atea. Atea. Yes. Isn't that the guy from NeverEnding Story? No, it's a Treyu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batmite is exiled to Earth for crimes of annoyance, and he doesn't waste any time getting into more mischief. First, he steals the Batmobile and crashes it off a cliff, but that's only the beginning. After getting knocked out by a nurse with a nurse with gas spray, Batmite awakens in a mansion home of Doctor Trauma, who is in the business of stealing young bodies and placing her customers' brains in them. Dr. Trauma's next victim seems to be Hawkman. Hopefully, Batmite will be able to pull a little fifth-dimensional magic to save our winged warrior. This is along the lines of Bizarro, where there is not much to stay here. 
Yeah, there really isn't. Uh, I know there, this has happened a lot uh, today. That's I know. weird. Um, yeah, it's going to be this is going to be a quick podcast because a lot of these books, there really isn't a lot to say. It's one of those where, uh, again, I think that might like Bizarro. What I was going to say is that you read it and you're good. You have to read it and decide if you like it or not, because uh, like you said, we've been. Oh, I say nine three. You say six four. The four, yeah. you know, things are. These are a lot of these books of these this week are ones that it really depends on your taste. And I like this more than Bizarro. I, I didn't. So okay. I, I did like. <laughs> I did like it. Um, it's weird because I think this one. You said the dialogue was forced before. I think the humor is a little forced in this one. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, jokes that don't hit. Agreed. And. Um, Again, That's one of the problems. It's goofy. I, I have more of a – I like Bizarro more than Batmite. I'm not a huge Batmite fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him in uh, Brave and the Bold. Yeah. And that's about all I have. That's all my history with him. I like him enough. Um, he's cute. I ex- I went into this expecting a Laugh Riot book, but by the end, the laughs weren't just – they weren't there. Yeah. But it was fun seeing Batmite getting into trouble, and that's what we have got for the majority of this issue. Just not that much, you know – Story. That's we start out with Batman and Batmite's doing his Batman bit because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Batman leaves, and then we're on the Doctor Trauma, and hopefully now we're going to move on to. I want to see what he has to do with Hawkman. Yeah. I want to see him make him a better hero. Uh, my favorite line. I'm, I'm looking through it. My favorite line was when he's in the Batmobile and he yells, "Great Caesar's ghost on a pogo stick." And, uh, <laughs> not that anyone knows what a pogo stick is or Caesar's ghost for that matter. I'm like, man, I bet you kids don't know what pogo sticks are anymore, and that that's weird. That's yeah, that is weird. Because that's not that's you know every kid should know what a pogo stick is. I don't know about Great Caesars. Were you ever oh. good at a pogo stick? I was awful. So was I. Uh, I always I, I always wanted to be good. Uh, anytime I got on a pogo stick, I had uh, dreams of making the Guinness Book of World Records. That's the only reason. Like it's weird. It'd be funny. I wish I was really good at the pogo stick, and I would go around town on it. Like I'd go down <laughs> the you know the supermarket on the pogo stick. Right. Because uh, I uh, did. Anybody ever use the pogo stick as like a, a means, means of transportation? Transfer, yeah. It'd be so funny. Like it, that's the new way. That that's what they should do. If you get caught DUI. You're not allowed to ride a bike anymore, Eric. Pogo yeah, stick. you got to go pogo stick, and I think that would stop a lot. Uh, like we said, we drive home. I drive you home from work, right? And we see you see a guy there on a bike that looks like a, a eight year old girl's bike, smoking and uh, with jeans on, and and you know that that's a DUI. That's what I told you. <laughs> I wanted, at one point, I wanted to dri- uh, ride a bike to work because yeah. we I'm only four miles away from work. I'm really afraid somebody in town is going to think I have a DUI. So I think if I do, I'm going to have the shirt just exercising. I don't have a DUI. Something like that. Some that's, sort of shirt like that. Uh, that's just along the lines of where you are so upset that people might think something of you. It's the same reason why I don't run anymore is because I don't want to be that guy running who I make fun of when I say. Yeah. Uh, when I try to run, I'm I'm doing more walking than running. It's, it's funny too. Sometimes I, when I used to run, I, I would run and then I'd get tired and start walking, and I realize either I'm maintaining the same pace, it's just that I was kind of jumping <laughs> around, or I'm actually walking faster. It's <laughs> oh, embarrassing. I'm saying, okay, are you going on more? No, no, no. I'm just thinking of myself running, and it's <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, the big the big draw for the book for me here is that I love the art in this. It's a cartoony book. Yeah. And the big reason I liked it so much is it's very reminiscent of Batgirl. Okay. Did you get that while reading it? Uh some well, you know what, now that you say that, actually Batmite, I, I can see that. 
Yeah. Yeah, even and his expressions are very exactly. much like uh, that. Like yeah. Dr. Trauma. She comes off very Batgirl villain to me. Yep. And so they, what you're saying is they're they're making fun of that? No, no, not at all. I'm <laughs> saying that as much as people say I hate on Batgirl and everything like that, the whole reason is this style can work, just not for Batgirl. Yeah, this cartoony is. feel works so well. I love the art in this book. It works so well for it, but Batgirl, stay away from it. Yeah, yeah, everybody else loves it, it seems. I'm looking at the issue, and I, I, it actually made me laugh. I didn't even get it when uh, uh, Dr. Trauma comes out and uh, Batmite's there, and he picks up the mace, and you don't even realize that it's, it's uh, Hawkman's mace right? Uh, until the end. But, yeah, I I really want to see him in different outfits. I so do I. want to see him dressed up as Hawkman. I, I, remember he said he was coming back to uh, to save the characters that needed it. And exactly. Hawk, Hawkman definitely is one of them. Now, yes. in in our mind, we were thinking that that meant saved, as in they have had a bad run in their comic uh, deal. <laughs> but it, it's also they're in trouble. But yeah, it's definitely you know you have Hawkman. We're we're probably gonna see Firestorm, hopefully, uh, and Hawk and Dove here. Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove. But that's all I got for this. There's not much to the story. It's a fun little story. It's not as like laughable as I would hoped it would have been. Um, I, I'm gonna ask you one thing too. A lot of people are pushing this in bizarre. Do you, do you really think that this is a great comic for little kids? No, I don't either. They're they're really pushing this as, hey, if you, I think that there's too much history of of other characters that you would need. That this isn't a book that that some little kid can just pick up. I'm talking like a six or seven year old, pick it up and know what's going on and enjoy it. And I think the same with Bizarro. I don't think they they look neat. They're I guess they, they are all ages, quote-unquote. Right. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think that this is a book that you would give a seven-year-old. It's not offensive, but I don't think they would get it. Well, really hopefully don't. they would do like you and I did when we were growing up, where we would just imagine what's been going yeah. on and come well, up with all this backstory. You, but you know what else me and you would do? We would have bought Justice League. Yeah. We would have bought the, the big books. We yep. don't need them to give us uh, Batmite because they think it's for little kids. That's not how things were. You know, your dad, God rest his soul, Eric, guy would take you to the awful movies for an eight-year-old, but yet they're still some of your favorite movies. Oh, yeah. My mom took me to see Jaws when I was six or seven, and it scared the crap out of me. Like arachnophobia for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's what they did. And, uh, again, there's a a line where you you shouldn't. (laughs) It's not like to take them to porno or anything. But Obviously. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I hate this idea of these, like, oh, it's for little kids, when it really isn't to me. And little kids, they don't... I think don't that pander to children. To me, Batmite is for us. It's yeah. for people who want a little uh, break and like the, the other stories so that they can poke fun at them, and we understand. But because of the cartoony style, and this, this is all going back, uh, it, it's more of a rant against Batgirl. Because they give it this cartoony style, yet that first issue, she's out drinking and, and bringing home guys drunk and can't remember. That, right. I, I don't understand where you get this idea that that's for young girls. Uh, just because it's a book with a girl and it's got a cartoony style doesn't mean little girls should be reading it or will enjoy it. And I don't think children are going to get the Hello Nurse reference. Like some younger got people, like this, not children, might consider it animaniacs, but it's vaudeville for me. Yeah, uh, even uh, like I said, with the stuff with Hawkman and, and things like that, they, they're not going to know this. Uh, again, 
I, I love Hawkman like as a little kid. But, but again, I love the idea that if this is the DCU and you're, we're going to get these, and again, the, maybe you don't like Batman. Maybe the next issue sucks. You know what? Maybe. It's only six issues. Yeah. And then you move on. And, you, you know, if people love it, if, if all of a sudden Batmite sells 200,000 copies a month, which it won't, but if it did, uh, they'll have a way to, to get Batmite back in the game. Um, it, just like Bizarro, they have that. Uh, you can have... All these different characters, and you can have the stuff. That's why I like the DCU. And this, to me, what's weird is you could have had a Batmite book six months ago. You could have had a six-issue mini. You can't tell me that you would have been upset. Oh, that's not in the new 52 continuity. No, you would have been like, it's Batmite. I understand. It's a six-issue mini. It's like when Power Girl showed up in in Harley. I'm sure that I could have sat there and figured out a way that that didn't make sense. But sure. why? Why would I? I, I was enjoying it. So, yeah. that, you know, that, that again, if, if you want to look at, at a book that I really, really like that isn't for all ages was Harley, I really enjoy it. And that kind of goes along with these new books where, you know, continuity's thrown aside. You have a couple jokes, a couple laughs, smack somebody in the face, <laughs> call them Nancy. Holy guacamole. Holy, yeah, holy moly. Uh, but that's it, Eric. That's a short podcast. Uh, sure was. People always ask him for a short podcast, like Ryan, uh, Brightest Daycare Clark. There you go, buddy. I told him today that we were going to try to keep it, uh, keep your fingers crossed, and he said there's no way we could do it. Tighten screws. And we didn't. You know what? I, I prefer the longer. So do I. I'd like to hear what Reggie says and all. anybody else. Anybody who wants to email us about how Eric sucks eggs, uh, email us at weirdsciencedccomics <laughs> weird at gmail.com. Also, if you want to hear or read, actually, you're not going to hear unless I put it to uh, 3XL, but he's out. He's out on the skids, Eric. Uh, but if you want to read our full reviews of these books, especially the ones that we glanced over in the Flash reviews, go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. We are a blog, Eric. Yes, We're we are. also on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. Uh, we got a lot of love this week on Twitter. Uh, you know, not, not a lot of hate. I, I don't remember any hate. Usually people, you know, a couple people probably messaged me and said that you're awful, but I That'll happen. I try to keep that from you. I don't like you to get I crap. expected a bit of a backlash from Green Arrow, but people seem to be on with it. Well, what I agree with say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know that it's a horror book. To a degree. <laughs> That's not what I want from Green Arrow. I want fun, and this is lacked all yeah, of Yeah, of all of these, if you're going to have like a Batgirl-style deal, do it, with, do it with Green Arrow. Have them do a lot of crazy... Uh, uh, punching arrow, you know the the uh, boxing glove arrows, do all that crazy stuff. And it kind of it kind of works with the techno thing since he owns the you know Q core and yeah, shit do, like that. Yeah, do that. He comes in, he's uh, selfing people. All these people show up that are his kids, and he runs away. He wants he to play with his new toys. Yeah, ridiculous. You Imaginex. You and your new Imaginex. And if you, ever, I want to go play after this podcast. If you want to get um. Any Imaginex videos. Uh, Eric has been uh, kicking around the idea of doing Imaginex videos where I want him to act out stories with his, like, <laughs> Hey there, Superman, what you doing? Hey, big boy. <laughs> is, there a, is there a Mae no, West? No, Mae West will not be included. Oh, goodness. I, I can get a zombie figure. That can be Mae West. A zombie Mae West. That would be yeah. good. Uh, yes. Uh, guess what? I'm going to tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast, Eric. All right. Next week, we have Batman 41. All right. Big book, and that uh, on the site as well. We'll be reviewing all these, and that's uh, Eric's debut on Batman. Yeah, it's going to be something. I've given it up. I'm not reading or reviewing it. So when we go on not the reading. podcast, nope, I'm going to 
get that book and I'm going to wipe my butt with it. Let's flush it right down the toilet, stop up my toilet, and spend three days trying to unplug what is the hate it on with that garbage. Now, Jesus I, I like. I have a feeling that not reviewing it is really going to uh, uh, make me like that book again. Uh, again, I don't know. Maybe it's the pressure of reviewing it because it's the biggest book and I want to sound uh, like I could win a... Um, Pukelitzer. <laughs> Pukelitzer. Uh, we also have Batman Superman number 21. Again, these both will be the truth, baby. The truth. Then we have Catwoman number 41, right, where Catwoman is going to don the Catwoman costume again. Big big news, Eric. I don't give a shit. You should. I'm reading these. I have the worst writing on this note. I have Catwoman 41. Then I have Constantine. Because the next book <laughs> Constantine Hellblazer number one. Uh, who's reviewing that, Eric? I am. Oh, are you? You I are? I believe so. That's your review? Yeah. Okay. I deleted uh, her post you before. You have uh, Constantine Hellblazer number one, which uh, that sneak peek we're a little wary of because of the art style, but I like yeah. the story. like the story and tone. Uh, we have Detective Comics number 41, which I will be taking over. That's your debut. I'm gonna yeah. do. That's my debut. It's my time to shine on that Detective Comics. I really like the sneak peek of that one, except I was confused because it was Gordon beating the crap out of Superman and trying to uh, arrest him, if I'm not mistaken. Then what I claim... No, you are mistaken. Was it? What was the Detective Comics? Oh, the Detective Comics. That was where Yip does. Bullock and yeah. uh, um, Renee Montoya. And Yip. Yeah, and Yip. No, Yip doesn't look to be uh, surviving that one. Aaron. No. Yeah, I, I forgot. Uh, the next one I claim to you is your big book of the day, of that day, of this week. I don't think it's going to be Batman. It's going to be Earth 2 Society. And you would mention to me that when Earth 2 Society starts, they better be in Straw Hut. Damn right. It does not look like they're going to no. be in Straw Hut, sir. Uh, and the other one is Gotham Academy number 7 which is uh, Gotham Academy that I really like. And Damian Wayne's there, Eric. Damian Wayne. I can't wait to read it. I'm starting to fall off that book a little. It's yeah, I know. It's starting to get, get on me. Uh, next one is one that is not uh, grading on me. It's Harley Quinn number 17, which will kind of continue but really push off the uh, gang of Harleys uh, that we saw in that preview. I don't care about that at all. Either. Then, um, then we have New Suicide Squad number nine, which actually upset me. I told you um, <laughs> in the solicit that I saw, it had a cover that had uh, Harley, uh, Black Man, and Deadshot, and that that shouldn't be. And the um, in the Joker cover, the variant cover, it has the new team. I don't know what the hell is going on. It better be the new team, or you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wipe my butt with that. I'm going to flush it down the toilet for three three days. I love the I love the Suicide it. Squad. I can't wait for that book. I want the new. I want the new squad though. Uh, Sean Ryan, who writes the book, I think that that squad that he got with Harley and things like that. I don't think that was the squad he wanted. I think he's been trying to kill him off since the book started, <laughs> and now he finally gets this new squad, which uh, includes Black Hand. And I want to know how the hell he's involved. Well, you're still on Earth, man. I, I can't yeah. wait to see. It. Parasite yeah. is one of my favorite Superman yeah, villains. It, he's... It's again. Do, this is probably, to me, of all the Suicide Squads I've looked at, this is the most diverse. And it's crazy. Yes. It's the craziest team. you got Reverse Flash, you Poison Ivy. It's crazy. I'm not a big Poison Ivy fan. Take that. You're not a big the, fan of anything. The next book would be uh, another Red Hood Arsenal number one, which you'll yep. be doing. You're very uh, very excited about that. Except not the art style. You saw the sneak peek and didn't like that art style. You're a big uh, pretentious art man, aren't you? I like what I like. You likes what you likes, don't you? Well, I know that you like the sneak peek of the next book that I get, Section 8, number one. That looks like a lot Dog of Dog Welder. 
<laughs> dog dog welder it really appears to me like it, he would have been in like a, a video game like borderlands or something yeah or it'd be like some sort of a cheat code that you'd get the dog welding gun that's I imagine crazy. him as a character in a Sega Genesis game, like Again, Earthworm though, Jim. It, it seems like a game, though, right? Yeah. You're old. Shut up. And the final book that we'll be doing uh, reviewing on the site and talking about next week is Starfire Number 1. Going along the lines of Harley with this yeah, one. Well, See how it turns out. It's Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor. so I, would, I think uh, the preview was okay. Yeah, it was all right. It's kind of neat. Funny. She looks uh, crazy, but yeah, it's more lines of uh, Harley Quinn. It's weird. I would have... Uh, I wouldn't have minded a uh, Harley Quinn Starfire. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. Mini. Weird thing is, eventually this month, a Harley Quinn Power Girl six-issue mini is going to come out. Why didn't they have a preview for that? No idea. That seemed to be one that you would have a preview. It's a, I think that might have been the only new book that did not have a preview. It's very odd. Very odd indeed. You know what I'm going to do with this podcast, Eric? I'm going to wipe it. I'm going to wipe my butt with it. Jesus I'm going to flush it down the toilet, and I'm going to take three days to plunge it. I, I plunge a lot of toilets. I have five kids, and we have one toilet, and it, it takes a lot. And I eat a lot of crappy food, too, so I can't even just blame it on my kids there. Gross. Isn't this great podcast talk? See, we're, it's weird, too. Uh, this I is already the, checked out. This is the shortest podcast we've had, and now I am actually like seem to be getting on a roll now. <laughs> I just woke up, and we are done. I already checked that out. That is it, yeah. So, like I said, come to the website, come to Facebook, come to Twitter. Did you say Facebook? No. Tell us that Facebook address. www.facebook.com forward slash Weird Science DC Comics. All right. And that's it. What do you usually say? Everybody have a great week and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, yeah.